the sound of the beast. That's the sound of the police. Yes, sir. You already know what time it is. It's the Bronx Bias Podcast, episode 83. to episode number 83 of the Bronx Bias Podcast. I'm your host. My name is Denzel, a.k.a. Harry Potter, a.k.a. DeBron James. And we are back like Jordan wearing the faux five. I want to start by saying thank you to everyone who tunes in, who likes, who subscribes, who shares, and who supports. Thank you to everyone out there who's active and engaging with me on the social media platforms. I truly, truly, truly appreciate all of the love and all the support I receive from y'all. Thank you to all the essential workers out there battling this COVID still. And finally, thank you to everyone out here who is using their voices to affect change in a positive way. We always, 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 always have to start the shows with the thank yous because the thank yous are very, very, very important. Please do not forget your boy Denzel has official Bronx Bias Podcast merchandise available for purchase. You can visit the website bronxbiaspod.myshopify.com, B-R-O-N-X, B-I-A-S, P-O-D dot M-Y-S-H-O-P-I-F-Y dot com. Bronx Bias Pod dot my Shopify dot com. Come check it out. Come fuck with me on there, man. I got hoodies. I've got t-shirts. I've got tote bags. I've got COVID bass and I've got stickers with much, much, much more to come. And again, the podcast is uh, the podcast merch is just a great way to help support the show. You know, I don't have any sponsorships or any deals as of yet. So supporting the merch is just the best way to help the podcast keep going the way that it does. I'm self-funded. I'm an independent potter from the BX. So any support I can receive on the merch will be greatly, greatly appreciated. And I sincerely, sincerely appreciate every single person who has gone on and purchased some merchandise from me. I truly, truly appreciate it. And with all of that being said, 
We are going to have a great, great, great show today. Fully, fully, fully packed. And I am in an amazing mood. I'm in a tremendous mood. And I am ready to go. So let's get it. I am in a very, very, very good mood. Today's intro was an amazing, amazing, amazing song from a Bronx legend. BX is in the building. It is called Sound of the Police by KRS-One off of the album Return of the Boom Bap. And if you don't know about KRS-One, then you need to do your hip-hop homework. I'm assigning you that as your first lesson. One of the pioneers of hip-hop from the Bronx, New York. Put some respect on our name, all right? Put some respect on our name. KRS-One, BDP, South Bronx, the South South Bronx. You got to do your homework if you don't know what I'm talking about when I'm talking about that. So if you don't know, don't ask me. Just go on Apple Music, Spotify, YouTube, however you listen to your music. Do some homework, yo. This is a take-home test. Do some homework if you don't know about the legend KRS-One. Putting on for the Bronx from since the 80s. One of the nicest with the bars. One of the most conscious rappers that you could ever think of. And made some of the most poignant music of his time. Shout out to the Bronx legend, KRS-One. We had to start our show that way just to let y'all know what time I'm on today. I just had to let y'all know what time I was on today. So again, shout out to the god, KRS-One. Now it is time for my favorite, 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 favorite segment of the podcast. And it is called Bronx Facts. For those of you guys who do not know, maybe it's your first time listening to the show, Bronx Facts is the segment I like to do at the beginning of each show, just to give one fact about the Bronx, New York, that people may not know, that people may have never heard before, just to try and show how many great things, how many great ideas, and how many great people come from the Bronx, New York. So, without any further ado, your Bronx Fact for today is... Were you under the impression that Haagen-Dazs premium ice cream hails from Europe? The name certainly gives hints of Sweden, Germany, or Denmark. However, the family business was birthed right here in the Bronx during the 1960s. Inventor Ruben Mattis liked the name Haagen-Dazs, believing that the Danish-sounding moniker conveyed an image of fine tradition and craftsmanship. He was also inspired by the fact that Denmark was the only country that openly protected Jewish people during World War II. After Pillsbury purchased the company in 1983, that is when the ice cream attained its international fame. Haagen-Dazs Premium Ice Cream was birthed in the Bronx, New York. And that is your Bronx Fact for episode number 83. son where'd you find this all right all right we're getting right to it today we have a very 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 special guest it's only special guests that appear here on the bronx bias podcast today we have dan dunford who is a freelance musician and the creator and host of the divergent past podcast dan thank you so much for taking some time out to talk to me today how are you? Man, I'm doing great. I really appreciate it. Uh, 
it was really, um, you know, it's really a joy to be asked to be on a specifically a Bronx podcast as opposed, you know, I, sometimes I've gotten asked to be on different things here and there before, but you know, Bronx is where my heart is. <laughs> so, so being, you know, being a part of, of, of your show, is just, it's really, um, I appreciate it. It's, it's, uh, I'm, I'm glad to be here. Hey man, you know, we, we, we take care of the Bronx first. That's, <laughs> that's first. I like to talk to all different types of people, but the BX is always first. <laughs> that's right. That's right. So Dan, can you tell the people where are some of the places that they can reach you if they want to get in contact with you? Uh, are see all the things that you're doing and even listen to your podcast all right so like you said divergent paths podcast is my main thrust um you can get it on every single podcast platform well all the <laughs> the five major ones at least um you can go apple spotify stitcher google amazon it's all there the aggregators they pull it from those places too um so that's, you know, th those come out every two weeks on uh, Wednesdays, every every other Wednesday um, to, to keep up with kind of like upcoming guests and that kind of stuff. Uh, I always put stuff, you know, <laughs> it's getting more and more dated, but I do put stuff up on Facebook. Um, it's Facebook, you know, it's Divergent Paths Pod or excuse me, Divergent Paths Podcast with Dan Dunford on on Facebook. Um, I put most of my really, I stay really active on Instagram. It's at Bronx Base Bone, B-R-O-N-X-B-A-S-S-B-O-N-E. Um, I, I keep active there putting, I post, you know, podcast content multiple times a week. Um, all I do when I, when I do stream my, or when I do record my interviews, I stream them on Twitch as well. I stream them live. Uh, that's <laughs> everything's different names right now i'm working on consolidating but it's twitch.tv slash d squared 89 that's the letter d squared spelled out eight nine um uh, and you know generally to support the podcast um i will tell people patreon.com slash divergent paths pod i'm still you know that's a <laughs> i've had that for many many years but i'm still i'm building it out uh after the relaunch of my show um, so I do have tiers set up. Um, I'm still working on some of the rewards or the, you know, the benefits, like why even, why bother, but the, the, the why bother of it all. Um, but that's, that's the best place to go to support the show. And of course I can be reached at divergent paths pod at gmail.com, you know, with any, any, uh, any kind of questions or, you know, that kind of stuff. All right. Great, great. Got to give them the full spill. You know, people <laughs> love to say, Oh, I want to support, but I don't know where to go. You know, no excuse. I heard you here, so <laughs> no. I don't know where to find you. So we got to make sure yeah. that we give out the whole spill, so people have no excuse when it comes time for support. <laughs> yeah, when I when I do when I do my show on Twitch, I put all of the links on screen, so it's like, you know, if someone's watching it or they come back to watch the vod later, it's like you got you have no excuse. It was literally in front of your face the whole time exactly <laughs> and some people will still try to find an excuse but <laughs> we'll leave that alone <laughs> so dan well, uh, let's get started so the first question i like to ask most guests that i cut that come on the show is about covid you know because covid is taking the whole world over you know it's a very uh, uh difficult topic to talk about a lot of negative things are associated with it so the first thing i like to ask is how has covid and the past year of 2020 into 2021 affected you personally and also how has it affected your business with the music and the podcast well it's interesting freelancing being a freelance musician in new york is 
it's always been difficult and every every generation it gets more difficult um there's fewer jobs the kinds of jobs there are different and more difficult to get um so i was in a it was actually it was a weird thing I, i've been telling people recently that you know i've been just now pulling myself out of a three-year tailspin right um people are like oh yeah everyone had a struggle struggle with COVID. everyone had problems so i was like no 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 this started this started before that you know kind of kind of a thing where for various reasons, I, you know, started to isolate myself from both my friends and friends and colleagues in the music biz, you know, music. So when, you know, that started kind of like 2018, 2019, right? So when COVID hits, it's exacerbated even more. So I didn't, you know, a lot of people didn't play, but I, you know, play their instruments, didn't practice professional musicians who've been playing every day for 20 years, all of a sudden just didn't play for a while because what was the point? Um, you know, and I had started some, like, I had been, you know, a couple different day jobs that were really miserable for me and COVID obviously I get furloughed. Right. And after a while, like I, I just kind of let myself continue to tailspin. Right. And that job, the job that furloughed me laid me off. Cool. You know, it happens to a lot of people, but, um, but, you know, because I had some people move out of my, I have a fairly large, you know, I got lucky with a pretty, you know, pretty big apartment in Mott Haven, you know, almost 10 years ago, I still live here and I love this place, but you know, people move out and all of a sudden you can't afford your rent. Um, yeah. Unemployment doesn't cover your rent because all of a sudden you're stuck with this massive rent bill. Mm-hmm. And uh, let's just say my landlord is not my favorite. It's not the you know, it's not the kind of person that you want to see building up, building up the South Bronx. Um, but I hear uh, that. I hear yeah, that. right. Um, but so I had to take a COVID job. Like I, I, I got a job. I got a job at the airport. Right. And that job, weirdly, while it was one of the most miserable experiences of my 30, 30 years, I, I've been telling people it takes sometimes it just takes a really terrible job to refocus you um and i think more than anything that's what i'm taking as you know (laughs) we hope things start to you know as we we supposedly are coming out of uh coming out of this um very visible anti-vaxxers notwithstanding uh you know uh, coming out of this, that's, I think that's what I take out, take away from it most is if I don't, if I, if I'm, if I stay in like my comfortable job that keeps me away from the music, keeps me away from everything, maybe I don't essentially restart my life. You know what I mean? Um, it, it, I, I hate to say that like bad, you know, I always kind of roll my eyes when people say bad things can be a blessing um, because I don't know if I buy that, but this certainly, you know, um, having to having to work a job at the airport, a terrible job at the airport, certainly refocused my excuse me my desire to not you know to not be there <laughs> more or less. Um, and when we talk about, I can you know there's there's some more specific stuff to talk about there with as relates to as it relates to my show. Um, but yeah, that's I think that's that's probably what I take away from you know, that COVID period, the COVID period more than anything else. I'm with you with that because I tell the story all the time. Before I started this podcast, I started it last year, 
I was working in insurance. I had an insurance job sitting, you know, office nine to five paid holidays, weekends. And it was terrible because it was just like, you sit there, you click the mouse, you click your life away, you send in emails to your eyes are red. And I just felt like my brain was melting, like melting. And when COVID came, like when it, in, in the influx of COVID and I'm at home now, I'm just like, yo, I've always wanted to do this. I've always been that guy who couldn't shut his fucking mouth. Like, like <laughs> always been that guy. Every report card I ever got in school, Denzel is a great student, but he talks too much. <laughs> and so I hear that. <laughs> I always just was like, yo, if I, you know, it's kind of like that opportunity came knocking at the door. Like, yo, you always had this in the back of your mind. This is the perfect time for you to start. So without it, you know, the Bronx Buyers podcast sort of maybe doesn't even happen. And so it's like, yeah, it's like COVID is terrible. It's objectively terrible from all angles that you look at it. But in terms of personally to Denzel, the ultimate blessing, because it's like, I don't start the show without it. I don't start the show without sitting at home and thinking like, yo, you have finally have an opportunity. There's nothing to, oh, well, you got to go to sleep for work or you don't, you know, on the weekends, you're tired. You just want to rest because you've been working all week on your lunch break. Right. You can't write enough. Now it's like, yo, the opportunity is right here for you. So you better take it because if you don't take it, you got nobody to be mad at but yourself. <laughs> you know, I always put it out there on the show. Everybody who's listening, if you got a dream, if you got a passion, man, you got to go for it. You only live this life once. <laughs> you know, you don't want to be that 80 year old in the rocking chair looking out the window feeding the birds and thinking, man, what if I would have did that thing when I was in my 20s or my 30s? You know, because that's a question that you will never be able to answer. You'll never know what will happen. The scariest question to me to answer is what if? What if I don't start the podcast? What if I don't, you know, get the microphone and battle my anxiety to do it? What happens? You know, that's so difficult for me to even wrap my brain around that I don't even want that as a possibility. I want to be able to just say I did it. And if it's a failure, at least I tried. And if it's success, look at me. <laughs> look at yeah. me. So, Dan, the first, the I want to know about your, you know, your story and your journey in terms of the podcast and with all your music. So, the first thing I would like to know is what inspired you to start your podcast, and then what are the things that you guys discuss or the types of topics and conversations that you have on your podcast? Right. So, I I I play trombone. I've played trombone since I was eight years old. That's 23 years now, which are almost next year, like coming up in the spring, will be 24 years of playing trombone, which is nuts. Um, (laughs) (laughs) But, you know, I grew up, uh, music is my whole life. And um, I didn't have a whole lot of TV and and video. I didn't have video games really when I was a kid. So like reading and trombone was it, reading and music. Um, So I don't but also part of part of that is um, there are so many parts of music because I had kind of a sheltered, you know, sheltered childhood. Like I always wanted to know more about every other, you know, what other musicians did. Um, uh, when I when I got to was going to music school um, here in the city at the new school, uh, Man- Manus, which is Manus, uh, Manus Conservatory, Manus College which is the music school for the new school. Um, you know, a lot of 
people who play brass instruments, they would hang out with other brass players. And I believe I have my, I have a fair, my, a, giant, a big share of brass, brass playing friends too, but I was always like hanging out with the people who played other instruments, whether it was percussion instruments or woodwind instruments or the pianists, um, whatever, because I was always interested in, you know, sometimes you just don't want to talk about brass stuff. You know, you don't want to talk about, about the same kind of like technical, like blah, blah, blah boring stuff so i was interested i was always interested in hanging out and learning about other people's stuff and what they played i always liked playing music that wasn't for my instrument um trombone doesn't really um you think of uh, violin right there people have been writing concertos and solos for violin for 500 four or 500 years mm-hmm. trombone not so much um it was much more of a, a church instrument um not so much with the solos so, you know, that's part of it. I was always just like reaching out to other parts of even my, just my small community. Um, and believe it or not, the music community in New York is small. Um, in the U.S., it, it can be very, it can be, be very small at times. So flat, fast forward to about 2015. Um, uh, I was, you know, I had, I, I, for various things, I was a person who didn't finish their undergrad degree until I was 25, right? So I'm 25 years old. I'm a big, I was like a big podcast person, you know, much like every other, much, much like other, uh, many other bearded white boys, you know, we all, we all bow to the, uh, bow at the altar of Mark Marin. Um, you know, <laughs> um, I mean, although to be fair, like he's he's a you know he's a great interviewer, but he has a very specific thing that he does that can be parodied or add you know, and there is there you know in 2015, 20 you know 20, 2013, 2014, 2015, there were just dozens, hundreds of 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 guys that looked like me trying to recreate Marin with their shitty friends. You know what I mean? <laughs> um, but you know, I would be. Uh, <laughs> I would be uh, walking around the reservoir in Central Park or, you know, uh, you know, walking up, you know, walking up Boston Road just to, you know, just to to kill time. And I'd be listening to podcasts and I'd be like, well, what if what if I did this with musicians? Who would I talk to? Who would I do this for? You know, this, that and the other thing. Um, so between between him and then some other some other shows that I really loved. Um, yes, have you come yes. out, Bell? Uh, he had a podcast with one of his friends who was a writer on John Oliver called Denzel Washington is the greatest actor of all time, period. Um, right. Uh, <laughs> um, and like sh- shows like that where there were, you know, you have Mark Marin as the interview guy, but then like these kind of shows where it would be, you know, there would be a topic, but like it would be two friends who hosted the show who had known each other for a really long time and had really nice a really nice thing where they could talk about their topic or they could shoot the shit, so to speak. And sometimes the shooting the shit was more enjoyable than the actual topic. Right. Anyway, all of that to say in 2015, I just started, decided to start it. I was up doing some work for, um, for Mozart in the jungle, uh, the show on Amazon. Um, and I pitched the idea to some musician friends of mine. They're like, Oh, that sounds interesting. That sounds interesting. So we got off early that day and I went straight to BNH and just bought the equipment. Oh. Just went and bought it that day. No, like I hadn't made any plans yet. And I just started emailing people. 
um friends you know they're all friends these are people i know i like like i said the community is small and you can you know even if even if you don't have like a lot of stuff going on you know people who do right excuse me um i'm not playing anywhere this weekend but i know like half of the guys who are playing in the pits on broadway right like you know what i mean like there's not <laughs> like it's really easy to get to know everyone get to know a lot of people um so i just kind of i did it i just i just did it i and of course, this is 2015. So now, I, and I this this really shook me up um, when I relaunched the show. Is it takes almost no time at all to get a podcast up now. No, um, like six years ago, it took me. I think it was ten days or a week and a half or two weeks, bef- from the time I submitted my podcast to, uh, to iTunes to when they approved it. It was a full oh. two weeks. Stitcher also took a while. And at the time, Spotify, unless you were part of a network, like a podcast network, Spotify wouldn't even let you put your show up. Um, so that was kind of how it went. That's, you know, I, I just wanted to talk to people um, and people who didn't play brass instruments. Now, now there's a lot of pe- brass, brass centric podcasts where a trumpet player, a trombone player, or a group of them will talk to each other, you know, talk to brass players. And yeah, I'm a brass player, but I always wanted to talk to as many different kinds of musicians as possible um so i did it i did it for about a year and a half i did weekly episodes which is nuts i don't know how i did that and and maintained an active an active freelance well sure but i i just like i'm freelancing and working part you know working i'm freelancing i'm working 30 hours a week at a part-time job and you know putting out weekly shows and i kind of burned myself out a little bit mm-hmm. um so after about a year and a half and six, you know, I took some breaks in there, but like, I I, re- I recorded seventy interviews. I put out about sixty four of them, and I just let it die, oh. just straight up, one hundred percent, let it die. Just one day, I was like, you know what? I think I'm done. Really? And that was it. That was that was the last one. I looked through. I think the last one from that first run was March of 2017. So I went from August of 2015 to March of 2017. I had some really good stuff. I had people from the Metropolitan Opera on, um, some like brass hip hop groups from Brooklyn, people from outside the city, orchestral play, like orchestra players, jazz, new music, you know, new music, um, people who got into pop music later, um, like indie, indie kind of like indie cross, like guys who play, you know, who are classically trained, but kind of crossed over into indie rock. Um, at our, you know, some, some of the guys, people I interviewed are just like, huge you know real real big 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 swinging dicks now and you know that's that's kind of a gendered statement i, I feel like i feel i feel I, I feel weird now um but but yeah and but i let it die and i don't know i always regretted it and so like that tail kind of that tailspin i referred to earlier started then um i know this is kind of a long you know i'm sure you're gonna edit this down but but this is good you know <laughs> you're a man after my own heart you a man after my own heart, okay? You get to going and you just can't stop. I feel right. you. Go ahead. Go ahead. So so after, and I, like I mentioned earlier, there's like this kind of like this tailspin that started around that time. And, you know, I started losing playing like music, like playing gigs um, because I was like a, in like this weird, dark, depressed place. And I was losing, I was having trouble scraping together money. That's when I started temping and, and that, that like, you know, once you start kind of going down that road as a freelancer, it's really hard to pull out of it um, without like a big break. 
And, you know, eventually I got this job at, uh, after a year of temping, I got this job at Equinox, like the gym. I worked at in their corporate headquarters. And um, I didn't mind the job so much. It was comfortable. Like, you know, how you, you can get comfortable. Mm-hmm. Um, it was a comfortable job. Paid okay. Like the benefits were good. Paid okay. I, I have nothing good to say about Equinox, the company or the brand at all. Um, I think they're actively horrible. And it's even worse because they are kind of, um, they bait the liberal community, bait, you know, the queer, the queer community. They bait, you know, as like, hey, we're the safe place for you. And then, you know, they're owned by a guy who will throw a $250,000 ticket fundraiser for Donald Trump out in Long Island. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, but, but it was, you know, I always say it was kind of like being a janitor on the Death Star. Um, <laughs> I wasn't, I'm not blowing up planets. But the guys a few floors up are. I'm just I'm, I'm just I'm cleaning the toilets, right? And but like I need the money, <laughs> but I'm still working on the Death Star, you know. Yeah. Anyway, um, so after that, so I lose that job because of COVID, right? They they furloughed me for six months and then laid me off. I take this job at the airport. So this is after four years of essentially I have not done an interview in four years. So I'm out working at LaGuardia Terminal B. I'm not, I'm not like humping baggage or anything. I'm sitting in an office by myself. There's no one else in this office. And for terminal B, well, for every terminal, but like everyone who works at LaGuardia has a security badge. Um, and I ha- I'm the one who has to program that for every single employee of terminal B. This American Airlines gets these specific doors. This, this company get these specific doors. I mean, it's, it's like super boring. Uh, obviously it's like incredibly boring and i sit in a a white box of an office by myself there's no one else in there except for the people who come in with their id cards right and after about six months i'm like i'm like it's starting to affect me physically like panic attacks like i'm sitting i'm like starting to talk to myself (laughs) um it's bad It's, it's bad and um but there is one positive and that positive is it's a 40 hour a week. It's a job where I have to be in physically in that office for 40 hours a week. But out of that 40 hours, I'm only actively working about 20. So late June, well, June is when the anxiety and all that stuff starts to get really, really bad. So um, I start considering, I start thinking about practicing again, just practicing my instrument. And then that turns into I go over to a friend's house for dinner one weekend, 4th of July weekend, actually. And um, they're like, what if you started your podcast again? You know? And I was like, what if I started my podcast again? And then we got drunk. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> it's a good night. You know, and you know, because I've always had, you know, I never, I always had interest. First off, things are so much easier to do now. Um, both live streaming stuff podcast stuff it's all just easier than it was even six years ago i can't even imagine how it was in like 2009 when some of these like big like the big name guys whether it's mark Barron or early earlier bill simmons or he who shall not be named or you know mr spotify himself um and some of these others that have been going for so long like when the equipment was just very difficult to wrangle i can't even imagine but now you can go and spend a hundred dollars and have a pretty decent setup and be going by the next day. So that's literally what I did. I went to Best Buy the next day, 
bought a bunch of stuff so I could set up live, you know, set up live streaming. I have a pretty decent, I have a nice computer. That was a gift. Um, I still have, I still have like, these are the same, same microphones that I bought in 2015 still sound better than the new ones that I bought. So I, I, I stuck with the old ones. Um, and that was kind of it. Like, um, but the, the point is, is like, I had that 20 hours a week of dead time sitting at a desk at a job that I hated. So that allowed, I, I basically, I had two computers at work. So for one of those computers that didn't have, wasn't administrator protected, I installed audio editing software and I, I installed video editing software on it. And boom, like, I, and then I started calling people again. I emailed, started emailing people again. And because I had that time, it provided a really great, you know, if I don't have that time, maybe I don't launch it again, right? But because I have that 20 hours and a push from a friend, um, the, I, don't, I don't know if one of those two things doesn't happen. I, I don't know if I do it, but I got I, I had all that time and I got a push from my friend. So now I can record stuff in the evenings or on the weekends, and then I have 20 hours to edit. And I, you know, I started some video game stuff. I started I, and I rebound and I relaunched the podcast because I had the time. And now that I don't work there anymore, I don't have that. I don't have that 20 hour block every week, but the, the thing, the, the, the rock was already rolling down the hill. So, well, you know, why would I stop? <laughs> um, so that's, that is a very, it, it is, we, it is a kind of a unique situation because I had this huge gap. Right. Um, and I, you know, I kept the same name. It's the same name that I had back then. Um, but I, I made a clean break. I didn't, I could have gone back to the same hosting service, but I kind of, I, I like started fresh. Um, I still have all those old archives and some of the interviews are, are I still am pretty proud of, but uh, I, I, I haven't figured out what to do with them yet, but um, I had to actually change the name of the original show to null on iTunes. So it wouldn't get confused with the new right. show because it's the same name. Um, anyway, but to answer the, that's a very long first half. Um, but to answer the second half of your question, what it's about is, um, like I said, there are a number of brass players, trombone, trombone players, duo players who interview other brass players. And a lot of that can get into technical kind of, oh, let's talk about the actual, you know, technical parts of trombone, whether it's trombone playing or the instrument itself or this or that, the other thing. And I hadn't, I'd never had any interest in that. I like talking to brass players or whatever, but my, um, what I always wanted to do is like I said about earlier about, um, those podcasts that I loved where it would be two friends sitting together, kind of talking about their weeks, you know, or, or just kind of like, if you know someone for a long time, you go down weird rabbit holes that only you guys will go down. And, um, those can be outrageously funny or not. <laughs> but uh, but you know so while i don't have that kind of relationship always with my guests there are a number of people that i've had i've interviewed that i am very good friends with but i always kind of liked that more informal way of talking which also comes from someone like mark Marin, who is very has always had a very informal way of interviewing his, his guests um not that i approach him in any way but um and honestly, since I've switched to having a little bit more structure, it's been, I, I have had more success, but um, I, what I, what I, way I describe it is um, if you're sitting down in a bar with another musician and you just want to talk about what you're working on and that's it. Um, 
like I always love asking my friends questions about like specific questions about what they're working on. And I want it to be something that's accessible to someone who's never played an instrument before um, because it's more about the art. It's more about the concepts behind the art. And it's, it's like, it's like, okay, this is what you do, but why, like why? And not, not, Oh, how, how do, how do you hold your, your hand on your violin bow? But like, why did you pick this project or why did you, you know, pick these visuals for something that you did? Um, because I find that's much more interesting. And it's, and it's um, I don't know, I think it's better in the long term. If I would have a built in audience already, if I just talked to brass players about brass stuff, because that's most of my, you know, most of the people, a lot of the people I know. Mm-hmm. But I think, you know, as I kind of relaunch, and again, like relaunching a show is no joke. I started from zero, I went literally went back to zero with everything with my audience with you know, I, I hadn't talked to some, I hadn't interviewed anyone in four years. So I, I, I took me, it took me a month and a half to get my, my, like my legs back under me with that. And, um, but I think going forward, Oh, the, I guess one, one last thing I would add about, about like what I do. I, part of the reason I stopped the first time was that I f- was focusing, I got, I got wrapped up in trying uh, on in numbers like oh am i getting reach oh do i need to pay to boost this do i need to pay to boost that mm-hmm. and oh is this reaching enough people and this and that and the other thing right and basically i made a promise to myself when i decided to re- you know before i emailed the first person to come back on the relaunched show was that i would be doing this and the same thing for my for the twitch streaming that i do um is that i would be doing this because i loved it because I loved talking to people about what they're doing and being interested in how and in, in what they and in, in their approach, in their music, in their projects. Because um, that's really what it boils down to. That's the core of what I do is being interested in other people and what they're doing, um, which I think is a concept that I have become even more enamored with. With after all of this separation from loved ones and friends. Um, it's, it's less of a mercenary approach and may not result in me being some sort of like podcast maven. But I think what, what it comes down to is I I'm doing it for me, you know, because I love to do it. And I think I'm making something good, um, more than anything else. That's like the top of the list is making something good and making something that I love and I'm proud of and everything else is subsidiary to that. Um, and again, that, that all wraps into like talking to these musicians and really showing the interest, not talking to them because they can give you something, um, or you can get something from them talking to them because what they're doing is generally genuinely interesting. It's, it's, it's easy to like try and book guests based on reach and clout. Right. It's easy to like get wrapped up in that. And I, I, like I said, I, I promised myself I was going to do this for love, for the love of the game, so to speak. Um, you know what I mean? And that was a twenty minute answer. So listen, I, <laughs> I so I haven't talked to many people who do podcasts. Like I, you know, I talk to people who do kind of all sorts of things. I love that answer as somebody <laughs> who podcasts. Okay, sure. because it's like 
you ask me a question, well, I'm gonna tell you the whole story. You know, <laughs> <laughs> you know, I didn't ask you for the for the crypt notes. I asked you for the whole thing. So mm-hmm. I appreciate that answer. And I have a follow-up for you. So um, so you took the the gap, right? So mm-hmm. 2017 was your last one that you finally decided to come back recently. What was the hardest thing about coming back to the podcast game? Because I just I started, I experienced everything being easy. I uploaded my podcast or I submitted to iTunes one day, Spotify, one day, Google, not even, it was the same like minute, <laughs> you know, SoundCloud, whatever. Yeah. So for you, what was the most difficult thing when you returned to potting from when you left it? My podcast doesn't work without the stories of the guests, right? And I, you know, I started out with people, you know, my first episode was with, a group that I had interviewed in 2016 as well. And, um, but a lot of it, it just had to do with, it was less about the podcast and more about the music community. And because like I said, I, I had, I had isolated myself. No one, no one, you know, I, I didn't, people weren't mean to me. I didn't run away because someone treated me badly. I chose to isolate myself because I don't know, I'm not very, I can I can talk for 20 minutes about <laughs> about you know a, give a 20 minute a long 20 minute story but I've always felt like an outsider um as a kid growing up and you know I was I was homeschooled so I was always kind of on the outside of stuff uh when I was I I bounced around so much when I had started my college years I was never in one place very long so everywhere I was, I always felt like I had friends, but I always felt like I was on the outside of the friend group. And that continued as a musician here. Um, I went to the conservatory that is kind of the redheaded stepchild out of Juilliard, Manhattan School of Music and Manus. Manus is the one that's kind of like the little runt of the, the runt. Mm-hmm. Um, so I always felt like I was a little bit on the outside. Um, and then as a freelancer, you know, I... I I always struggled to feel like I belong. So when I went to start restart everything, um, I just assumed people either forgot who not forgot who I was, but like, you know, people remember who you are, but would have no interest. Like I haven't really been in the music. It's been a long time since I've been in the music community and um, well, a few years. It's not like, it's not like I was coming back after 20 years. Right. If that, in that situation, yeah. Who, who remembers you, but no, I mean, it'd been a few years and um but I think I was actually helped by the fact that everyone was shut off for a year and a half, right? right? The Broadway theaters are just now opening this month, like uh-huh. over the last, and over the, some of them over the last six weeks, um, right? So like a lot of these musicians are just now getting out back to their normal routines. So I that helped me a little bit, but the hardest part was building up the courage to email people, just email people, even people I am very good friends with to be like, hey, do you want to do my show? I'm relaunching it. I'm changing some things are different than they used to be, but you want to talk to me? Like, I mean, I, I you know, I, a lot of people did listen. A lot of people, especially a lot of musicians here in the city, did listen to my show the first time around. Um, but that's a long time ago, and it's getting harder than ever to get anyone to click on stuff. So um, you're constantly fighting algorithms. So like, but yeah. but that that was the hardest thing was just building up the con like the self the confidence to be like. Hey, and what what, ha- what ended up happening was people just kind of welcomed me back with open. It was really, it was really amazing. It was a really amazing feeling where people were just like, Dan, it's so great to see you again, you know, um, or like just showing up at, at the bar where the musicians hang, well, a lot of my, all my musician friends are hanging out and like, 
people being happy to see me and being glad to sit down. You know, one of my, one of my close friends um, who's a Broadway cat, when I interviewed him, like I, it ended up being heavily edited for the podcast release, but we talked for like three and a half hours, um, you know, both in prep and then on the actual show, we just talked. Right. And it was just, it was a real, it was, it was a really wonderful feeling to realize that some of my fears had been unfounded, but uh, yeah, that was the hardest thing was just building up enough to get, to get it, you know, just to get people to come back. So that's a sort of different from me, but sort of the same. So the biggest problems for me when I first started was just the self-confidence of it all in general. Like, all right, I'm going to put a show out for an hour and some change every week. What if people hate it? Like, what if people hate me? What if people think that this is the worst thing that they've ever heard? What if people hate the sound of my voice? You know, I always wanted that all state dude voice, the real deep. Are you in good hands? Type oh, voice. Dennis, Dennis Haysbert. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I, but I don't have that <laughs> voice. So what if people don't like me? What if, you know, I, you know, I have so much in my head about it. I'm so anxious and nervous. And yeah. Like, you know, about <laughs> that, like that part. But the, the more I went on with it, you get like so much positive reinforcement from like sh- people who you don't even know or for people who are your friends and they didn't know this side of you. And then they, you put it out there and they're like, yo you're like really cool or you get responses from people like yo man i'm from oklahoma i just randomly discovered your show it's great please keep it up like i'm really excited to listen to you and then you're just sitting at home like you know you get that message you're just sitting like like wow you like you really like me like the lady at the oscars (laughs) you really like me and that's like the best part of it but with guests i always thought of it like well i mean i can't a no is basically like me never asking, right? You know, they yeah. say you miss a hundred percent of the shots that you don't take. So right. <laughs> if I if I ask you and you say no, or if you don't respond, it would be like I didn't ask you anyway. So yeah. I never even had that thought. Like I was like, all right, boom. If I want to talk to this person, let's just send it out. Whatever. Who knows? Yeah, why not? If they don't, and if they don't respond to me, it's like it's like I never asked anyway. So yeah. I didn't. But the first part of it, like just being so nervous about how you would come across. Like I'm worried about maybe I should talk about more serious topics or maybe I should be like a political guy or, <laughs> you know, what if I'm talking about the Knicks too much or something <laughs> like that. Yeah. I'm worried well. about how people are going <laughs> to receive me. But then you realize it's like, once you just be yourself, whoever it's for, it's for. And that's what I learned. In this yeah. Show. It's, uh, you know, yeah. It miss hundred percent of the shots you don't take. Yeah. It, and for me, it was, I, it was like I had locked something away in a box and put it in a closet. Right. Mm-hmm. I knew I had what I needed. It was just, I had to open the box back up. I, I had to open, dig it out of the garage or whatever, whatever metaphor you want to put, whatever metaphor you like. And, and yeah, people, and, and it's not just musicians. People like talking about themselves. Mm-hmm. I mean, <laughs> I'm here. <laughs> I'm talking about myself. It's fun. <laughs> it is it and and also you know what i've i've learned like you know podcasting is really cool because it's like you know when we grew up we had radio right we listened to radio you hear your interviews on the radio your favorite artists or musicians would go on the radio and talk or if you listen to the news on tape on the radio this this what it is so podcasting is like radio for the new generation so 
when I was a kid and I would listen to Wendy Williams, her messy self, or, you know, Funkmaster Flex, he wouldn't play the song. He would just play bombs for the whole yeah, thing. Yeah. <laughs> you know, in, your, in my head, I always thought that was like the coolest thing ever. This guy yeah. or this lady with a microphone talking to a whole bunch of people, like just going through your day. If you're driving in the car, if you're at home, you got Hot 97 on, you got BLS on, you got Kiss FM on, whatever mm-hmm. it was. That always was like an inspiration for me. So just to see how it worked something as a kid you put in the back of your mind and then how it comes back to the front. And now you're able to be that. Of course, I'm not going to put nobody business like Wendy Williams. I ain't going to do that now. I ain't going to do all that. But it's like cool to see how you can be something that you always dreamed about being. Yeah. And the funny thing is, is when you mentioned these radio, these radio personalities, like um, whether it's like something like hot night seven breakfast club, whatever. Um, there's even value to these personalities that you hate. Yeah. On the, I cannot stand. I like, I'm okay when he's talking about wrestling, but like, I cannot stand Peter Rosenberg. <laughs> like that dude. I don't, I don't, I've never gotten hit the appeal. He just seems like <laughs> an angry, like just an annoying little dude. That's friends with all these people. Like that. He's like, I don't know. I mean, he's obviously good at what he does. But like, uh, but like, I sometimes you know I can't stop listening to it. I'm just like, oh, I hate this guy so much. I mean, like I said, he's good at what he does, and from you know, he seemed he's probably a decent, you know, probably a good enough guy. But like listening to him on the radio, I'm just like, please stop talking. But like, I'm not sure. Tra- am I changing the channel? I am not. <laughs> That's true. Um, I feel that way too. I feel that way about another guy from High Nights. I don't. I can't stand Ebro. Oh yeah, I don't. Yeah, I can't stand that's, yeah, him. That's I cannot stand Ebro, so I'm with you. Like, but there is value in that. You know, there's yeah. value in being the hated person, the hated personality. Like you see it with sports, like Skip Bayless, right? His job is to go on TV yeah. and be the most negative, condescending person ever. And it works because that gets controversy brings in ratings. So you aren't really learning like the ins and outs of entertainment. Bums me out, but yep, yeah. <laughs> that's how it works. Yeah, it's like, and you 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 realize like all the angles that you can take, right? In mm. in one way or the other, right? You can be on a certain topic, right? That negative dude, you can be like, oh man, I can't stand this, I hate this, or you know, album comes out. I'll use an example: Drake's album came out, Certified Lover Boy. I hated it. <laughs> I did at like forty <laughs> minutes on how much I did not like it, <laughs> you know. But yeah. on the other hand. You can have something comes out you're really excited about. The Knicks made the playoffs. I was so excited. Like, <laughs> you know, so you even learn like different how you can morph change yourself in the same in the same like episode. You could be mm-hmm. one person at end of the spectrum and one other end of the spectrum. Right. In the same hour. And it's like you realizing this about yourself in the edit. Like, damn, like this. This is actually like. The shit that you grew up listening to, the right. shit you grew up watching, and you, it's just you great. Can hear, you can hear. I remember listening, I was listening to some comedian. I think it might have been Pete Holmes, but he was like, You always try on your heroes mm-hmm. before you develop your own voice. And that's like that's obviously true when you're when you're starting out with interviewing and podcasting. Is like you hear you hear the people that you love when you're talking well, you're talking about going into the edit. You hear the people that you love. Like you hear yourself or you're, you hear yourself doing karaoke on the people that you love. And sometimes it, it's, it comes out okay. And sometimes it's really embarrassing. And, but eventually it all is in service of developing your own voice and you can take 
something from that you hate that something that you love from even from someone you hate like something you hate listening to i don't, I don't want to put out like any kind of like hating an actual person energy <laughs> when it's just we're talking about radio djs but um but yeah like you from someone you might like you hate listen to them and you take something from them and then something else from someone you really love it's really it's really interesting how that ends up melding into your unique voice right right so so dan my next question for you is what do you want the overall message to be with your show and what do you want your overall message to be with everything that you do if a stranger came or i like to say if the aliens came from outer space and they you know discovered you what would you want the big takeaway to be from everything that you do or everything that you have done so before once the, when things were starting to fall apart for me i i you know it's it's really easy as a musician it's really easy to become jealous it's i mean it's it's something that excuse me it's something that goes back decades every musician is jealous sometimes there's no musician who is completely like chill with their lot in life every time even the best guys in the world want to you know there's something that they haven't done that they want to do um you know but you know i was really jealous and it would eat me up it would really just eat me up it would it would poison my practicing it would you know um and it would just really it would bad place put me in a bad place i was in a bad place um as things have started to open back up and this this kind of don't worry it does fold into your question here um more than anything i mean this goes back to people being so welcoming to me as i kind of re-entered the music community um slowly um but i don't find myself becoming jealous as much anymore sometimes it still like pokes me a little bit but it's more like more than any time in my life i am happy i i strive i strive and it but it's become easier i am happy for other people's success um i have not become the at, at this point i am not the incredibly successful trombone player that i had envisioned myself as when i was maybe 20 um but i i <laughs> it's not too i'm working my way back there um but and this this goes into my podcast is i want to i want to share other people's things with an audience as wide as possible because people are doing especially so many people are coming out of this period of isolation with a lot of ideas and really mm -hmm. great projects and all this cool stuff and I want to help share that. Um, I've really started over the last few months um, since since I relaunched everything, um, and since I stopped working at the freaking airport, um, I'm in a position where I can just go see people play. Um, whether it's going to see some some jam band where I know the brass section down, you know, at like Bowery Ballroom or Mercury Lounge or whatever, or seeing. A couple string quartets, you know, at the Mena Center and then out at Lunatico in Brooklyn on the same night. Um, or just, you know, helping helping some brass, you know, helping a brass on some brass ensemble friends with their live stream for a benefit concert. Like, and so so the both the podcast and my just like daily living has become a lot about supporting the people around you. 
and this sounds like I this this sound I, I'm not a I'm not a person who goes in for this kind of like inspirational, you know, those those inspirational Instagrams or people who are like, you know, <laughs> talk about energy yeah. and vibes. I'm not that's not me, but I have just I've really pushed myself into just showing up. It's you know, you know this. It is so hard to get a person to click on something. It's even harder to get them to physically show up, even if it's free. Podcasts are free. I don't free. know if you've heard. They're literally free. <laughs> you know, most of them. I mean, there's obviously exceptions, but most of them are 100% free. Um, and a lot of places, people play music, do do these events for free. Um, and there's, you know, or, or less than $20. Like, that might as well be free at this point. Right. Um, so just both on the sh- on the show where I'm talking about people's um, just two days ago on Monday, Monday night, I was doing an interview with a woman who is one of the assistant organists at Trinity Church Wall Street, which is one of the oldest churches in the country, um, has one of the most renowned cor- uh, choral, pro- you know, choruses in the country, great singers and incredible organists, you know. And she, we were talking about um, an org- like a, a, a project that her and a friend had started about amplifying composers, uh, both women, you know, women in general, but and women of color who write sacred music. Um, and you know what? It's awesome. It's awesome. Her music is the music that she is is helping put together. It's awesome. She and she's an incredible musician. And that's not something that I would know about unless I asked her to be on the show. And I want to share that with other people. And I want to show up and help spread like other people's projects to as many people as possible, because there's, there's so many talented musicians and I've been, I've been privileged to know so many of them because I went, you know, because of where I went to school and because of my freelancing career and because of the, the, because of the podcast. Um, I know a lot of people that I still know because I met them the first time I did the, the first time around with the show. And now I am even expanding that even further now because I'm building off of that. And I just, <laughs> I just want to like, just, like I said, I guess to boil it down because I'm just spreading out once again, boil, to boil it, boiling it down. It's just spreading this great, you know, there's so many people, people doing great projects, you know, if the aliens are coming, Let's show them the music too. They'll probably like, maybe they'll like it, you know? <laughs> so I, I kind of have the same thoughts, right? As you like, one of the things I like to do is one, highlight the Bronx and then two highlight people in the Bronx. So like I'll have, there's this guy, his name is Brandon, right? He does a Norwood community library. Mm, he yes. literally goes out with a table, has books and a little clicker in his hand. And he just gives them away. And I was like, this is the coolest guy on the freaking planet. <laughs> yeah. Like, you know, and I was like, I just, I want to talk to this guy so bad, you know, because I think that it's something that's so cool. Just he, he had a feeling he was inspired and he took it somewhere. He didn't know where it would go. He didn't have a corporate plan for it. And he just did it. And he's from the Bronx. And it's like, that's amazing. Right. I had Bronx so long there. Justin woke up one day and said, people are unhealthy here. I want to get people to start being more healthy. And he got a whole organization where it's dedicated to health and fitness in the Bronx. And it's like, yo, these people are so cool and people don't know about them. You know, people, this, the Bronx is sort of the stepchild of New York, if you want to say maybe Staten Island, but 
Bronx is second. <laughs> no, step, Staten yeah. Island's the racist uncle. Yeah, <laughs> Bronx is definitely. That's you don't invite child. to Thanksgiving. <laughs> <laughs> oh, but he shows up anyway. Half yeah. Drunk. <laughs> and I was like, part of my the way I seek out people is like people who I see and people who I know who are like, I think you're so awesome. Even if you don't know me, you never seen me before. Yeah. I think that you're awesome, and I want to talk to you because I see what you're doing, and I see how people don't have an opportunity to hear you. You know, most of these people that I do interviews with have been active for years. And I ask them, I say, hey, have you ever done a podcast before? No. How is that? How is like, that possible? This is so strange <laughs> to me. Like, how is that? Like, so that's one of the things I love doing. I love seeing somebody on the gram or even if I maybe never met you before, but I see what you're doing, especially if you're from the Bronx, please come on the show and talk to me because it's so much great stuff that people can get from it life lessons, your story, your journey, and it's all valuable. Like, so when the aliens come, they'll say, oh, the Bronx didn't just, you know, wasn't just the birthplace of Cardi B and Fat <laughs> Joe. There's also some really cool people here who were like really community driven and really philanthropic and awesome. And that's like one of the best parts of doing the show. All right. So my next question for you is, uh, what keeps you motivated in this space? Obviously, you rediscovered your love for potting <laughs> and you rediscovered your love for music. And of course, those are your number ones. But what is the thing that keeps you motivated to keep taking these new opportunities, to keep reaching out to people, to keep having these conversations about music and the craft? I mean, like I said, it's... I, well, it kind of goes... It goes back to when I back to June when I was sitting at my desk as yet another Italian friggin' construction worker from Long Island or New Jersey rolled in and kind of you know was getting all cranky because I didn't give him the access that he thought he needed, which he didn't need. Um, and I was sitting there and I'm thinking, I'm 31 years old. This is a job that has no future. There's no upward mobility. Obviously, I, yeah. Did I take it just to get a job for COVID because of COVID? Yeah. But I wasn't immediately trying to find something new. This was, you know, I ended up being there for a total of 10 months. And I remember thinking, I am 31 and I can see 45 right around the corner or 55. And it's like what you said earlier about being an 80 year old man in a rocking chair, feeding the pigeons, thinking, what if that was part of it. What terrified me more than anything else was being like looking at, looking, looking at a road that led directly to middle age and then eventually death where it was like, oh yeah, I didn't, I never, I wanted to, I did, I was terrified of being the guy who was like, oh yeah, I used to play, I used to play trombone. Mm -hmm. I used to do some stuff or, you know, at the worst, some guy who lives who lives in Mississippi or Tennessee, nothing, not that there's anything. Well, there's plenty wrong with Mississippi. <laughs> Tennessee is okay sometimes. Um, but wherever, not New York, and being like, yeah, you know, I lived in New York in the two thousand, you know, I, I you know, I'm from New York and I lived there for a while and I used to play music and now I am I am you know, bagging groceries. I mean, that's really bleak, but bagging groceries at a 
Piggly Wiggly in, you know, in rural South Carolina or whatever. Mm. I mean, that that's, that's, I mean, that's like that, that was me at my lowest, obviously. I'm not like, not that there's, again, not that there's anything wrong with packing groceries at a Piggly Wiggly. Um, those are great grocery stores that are cornerstones of their communities. But, um, <laughs> good save. Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, my parents live in Georgia now, so I can't be too mean. Um, <laughs> what motivates me is like, I feel part of it was fear. The fear of being being in my late mid to late 40s and being a guy who used to do something and now doesn't. And that when you know when I you know fear is not always the best place to start from. Um, which is why I talk so much about wanting to help, like wanting to support other people. Um, because that's the other half of it. The what what gave me that initial push was fear and then you know I I, I I didn't let it stay there which you know um because because again unhealthy place to live like you know being motivated by fear but that's that's kind of how it started um and then now it's more of I'm excited I'm excited to talk to people I'm excited to get more people on I'm excited to um you know, I've been fortunate. I've been fortunate to have a lot of really, really talented women on my show on this new iteration, um, and women and um, you know, women have, have always been like, especially with brass players, women have been like, um, really been pushed aside in a lot of communities within the within like within brass playing and other instruments as well, um, and I've been really fortunate to talk to that so it's just like the excitement of like talking to someone new every other every every couple weeks every week every couple weeks whatever it is it's awesome and that that does keep me going and also i have a lot of fun building the little graphics that i make for all the stuff i really enjoy that takes a lot of time but it's you know uh it's a really fun thing it's something i enjoy a lot is is the graphic design part as well so um, what are, what would you say are the most, for me, I already know my answer. What is the most difficult thing about potting to you? For me, it's like everything that's not the recording. Yes. So, editing. I f- yeah. Editing. I hate, I hate editing so much. <laughs> and it's not even, it's, I, I used to be about hearing my own voice. I don't care about my own, hearing my own voice. Yeah, anymore. me neither. I, I don't think care about that. I, I, I've gotten to the place where I actually like my voice now. So I'm like, I'm okay with it. Um, but, and the thing is, once I start, this happened last week and i it always ends up being i always i record it and i'm like oh i have like a week and a half i have like 10 days and i can edit this i'm always editing the night before always <laughs> almost without fa- i think there's been one time when i did it the monday because i again i released on wednesdays i think there's one time i did it on monday um but every other time it's been tuesday night and it's like I'm uh, I record I then I write my intro and then I record my intro I put I put it together with the theme song and everything and and it's like midnight Tuesday and I'm I'm uploading it to Libsyn and I'm just like did it again every single time I can't editing. live like that I can't live like that I'm like the opposite if I you know if I have to, to do my thing like I make sure my my stuff is handled because I don't want to be burning that sweat fifth red bull you know like i don't want that stress (laughs) i don't want that stress 
Yeah, well, that's the one thing about. So I uh, obviously, like I said, I don't. I no longer work at LaGuardia. Um, I work at the um, New York. I work for the New York chapter of the Musicians Union, um, local eight hundred two. Represent labor uh, labor rights for everyone. Right. And um, it's in like the 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 union house where I work. The union house is in Hell's Kitchen, and I don't have to be there until nine thirty. So I can. I don't have to get up at six to go to the friggin' airport. Right. Uh, <laughs> um, so like, so it, it's not quite as, um, it's not quite as stressful, you know, to, you know, recording the night before is not horrible because it doesn't mean I'm going to be sleeping and getting two hours of sleep. I'm still getting a full night's sleep before I have to do anything the next day. But, but I, every time I'm just like, I, I editing is just such, I just hate it. And then, you know, it's funny, like sometimes I, I sort of I don't even know how to say it. I sort of like get jealous of the audience, like because they just received the final product. <laughs> right. right. They just click their phone, Spotify, Apple. Right. They just click it's it. And they, there. Just, they make a decision whether they like it or they don't like it. <laughs> but what I don't like is like, yo, if you knew how much work that it took edits, re-recording, I remember one time I'd like spent really long. It was like one of my first guests and I spent really long editing and I didn't save and my computer died. And it was just like, you know, That's like the and then, worst, the worst. And I was just like, if you knew, if you ungrateful audience members knew <laughs> how hard it was to yeah. make this every week, you know, you would do more than just give me a follow, you know what I'm saying? Like, <laughs> So I was, I got to the point, like, I just needed to create a system that worked, you know, the best for me so I can get it out on my time, my schedule. I'm like this crazy, super OCD, like things have to be in the perfect place, yeah, not a hair out of place. So <laughs> when I first like finally got that rhythm, it was like, all right, now I'm going. But still, it's like sometimes with the audience, it'd just be like. If you, you know, if you were in my shoes, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> if you were in my shoes, you would, yeah. you would appreciate little old Denzel a little more. I've had that the same kind of a thing when it comes to like the, the, the audiograms and the graphics that I build. I spend a lot of time on those and I've had people just be like, yeah, you know, like it's like, oh, that's so cool. And it's like, if you knew but I spent six hours just doing this one. Um, right. I mean, this like that. That is weirdly like for whatever for all the um, like the the much I as much as I hate editing, it's weird that I really love putting together the the, the visual part. But you know, whatever. <laughs> it's like you you grow to you know you hate it, but then when it's over, you're like, damn, I can't I can't see myself doing anything else. That's what it's like for me. Yeah, usually what ends up happening is I end up being like, man, that was like especially recently now that I've kind of gotten my my chops back um it was a little bit a little bit tough sledding the first few weeks or a few first few edits but the last few i like the last one i did i barely touched because like i mean that's not just me that's obviously the guest too like that's obviously mostly the guest um but you know i when i'm when i'm listening to it i'm just like yeah i, I feel i'm really happy with this why was i putting off editing it and part of it is just like i don't know it's it's a holdover from the original my original run where I was a much messier interviewer and, you know, it was a lot more, the editing was a lot more work and I did it all in GarageBand, which is a terrible idea. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Right. <laughs> what is the, um, what, what is, 
what would you say are the most difficult things about being a, a interviewer? Right. For me, it's always just like, how do I get from A to B? Like, or even not even A to B. How do I make the guest get to A from A to B without making them feel like I'm trying to get them from A to B? So it's like, I want you to talk to me about what you have going on in your life. I want you to talk to me about, you know, the problems and the obstacles that you face just because it's great content. But I don't want you to feel like that. I just want you to feel like we're just kicking it. That's like always difficult for me. Well, what I've started doing that's made it oh so much easier. Um, I don't I don't write out questions for myself or for my guests. I don't have that kind of that's not that's how I have process. I'm always I'm always a very um, I'm much more laid back than that. It's like I said, you well, like you said, you just want to feel like you're kicking it, right? Um, but and previously back, you know, I would do research like my originally I would do research, but I wouldn't even put I would I, I would just go in with nothing, like no materials, no nothing. And I it sometimes it worked, sometimes it didn't, depending on it depended on how willing the guest was to go with me. That's mm-hmm. part of it, is if you know. If they're willing, like any guest, there's going to be a, a, a breaking in period. Um, like they're a horse, right? Um, <laughs> there's there's a breaking in period, though, for that first 10 to 15 minutes. And sometimes it takes a while, uh-huh. depending on if they're just not that type. You know, uh, really what it comes down to for me, I think, is really st- like the, the longer you, the more you do, more interviews you do, the, the more, the easier it becomes to gauge what kind of person you're talking to. Um Right. So, um, you know, is this the kind of person where I'm going to have to lead them by the hand a little bit more, or is this a person where I can essentially drop something and they will spin themselves into where I want them to go? Um, I, you know, and uh, there's so many things that go into it. Um, but, um, now I have started, I will put together an outline, um, not questions, but just like some topic topics that I want to hit and what order I want to hit them in. And I, I send that, I send that to my guests usually, usually about, you know, anywhere four to five days in advance. Um, but I also, um, as opposed to trying to go back and forth with email, I will be like, Hey, do you have 10 minutes? Do you have 10, 15 minutes to just get on the phone? Um, that has made things so much easier for me, um, because and that cuts down on the breaking in period because I'm already, I've already talked to you with my voice because that can go a long way to kind of getting a handle on how they talk, how, how to approach them. And also just to get some light background. Um, You know, when you messaged me, I knew I was not going to have a problem talking to you. (laughs) Like this is not, you know, it's, 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 uh, I have gotten better at that part of it, but when I'm dealing with guests, you know, it's it, making be, making it so it's not the first time you're talking to them when you hit, when I hit, especially now when I, now that I live stream everything, making sure it's not, you know, I do, I do call them a, like a few minutes in advance to make sure everything works, but making sure that when you send the zoom link, that's not the first time you've ever talked to them. That helps. Um, and, and just the reps, the reps, the reps, the reps, the reps help you know, uh, and, um, and sometimes like when I'm just hanging out with people and talking to them about what they're doing, I'm kind of, ba- I'm basically doing what I do on the podcast, just maybe a little bit less in paragraphs. <laughs> maybe it's more like we're sitting at, a, we're literally sitting at a bar. So we're not talking to each other in big chunks of text. Um, 
but yeah, uh, that's, that's actually, I've kind of spun myself out and I don't remember the precise wording of your question. Um, it was, I think so, I, yeah. So it was, what was the most difficult things about hosting? And mine was right. trying to get, you know, the guests from A to B without yeah. making it seem so forced. Like I want it to be like, you know, we're homies and we just talking, but I don't want to also, I want to keep you on track. You're not always homies though. Like you're not like, and that's, that's okay. And I think accepting I, I, never trying to force something that's not working. That's so important. That's so, so important because, you know, it, it's, it's, it has to be a give and take or else it sounds like you're saying, it sounds like you're leading them from A to B. And if, if what you were planning on doing isn't working, being able to switch is so valuable and let them drive, you know, let them drive the drive the conversation where where they want to go. And if it's you know someone who's never really done an interview before, that can be helpful, you know, to help them make make them feel comfortable. Um, or someone who just isn't used to talking about their craft in that way, you know, let them take the take the wheel for a little bit um, and really work out what they're trying to say. Um, and then. Building off of that, that's what that's really, and that's why I don't use questions, is because I want to be able to respond in real time to whatever they say because I don't know, I just don't know. Um, and and it often, more often than not, it leads to something interesting that I never would have gotten to if I had just stuck to whatever my my outline was. Right. Mm, okay. Well, listen, I appreciate that. I'm taking class right now, <laughs> taking some notes down because that's good stuff. You know, I always have that in my mind. Like, man, I, I don't want this to be a robotic thing, but I also want to make sure that I give you the opportunity to so we can talk about everything that, you know, obviously I want you to showcase yourself. So people can be like, oh, man, this is a cool guy, you know, and I understand a lot about him and why he does the things that he does or she. So, you know, I always I keep the try to keep it in a way where I make sure that you hit all the key points, but I also want you to feel comfortable enough to be like, you know, loose, you know, not like a job interview. So <laughs> I appreciate that. I don't have an apple for you teacher, but I do have this. Maybe I'll give that uh, to Mr. you. Mr. Matt. Uh. Yeah. I'll give, I'll give this to you instead of an apple. I appreciate that. <laughs> so my next question for you is what advice would you give to a young person who sought you out for advice and they wanted to start their own business or their own creation or their own movement. I always just say it's like, it's about, you have to ask yourself, is this something that you really want to do? You know, a lot of the times I've noticed that the social media culture has made people believe that they should be doing things, even if they're not interested in the thing that it is. So because you see all your, you know, your friends doing dances, for example, on TikTok, oh, you think, oh man, I should do that too, because they got a million likes even yeah. though you don't care about dancing at all. So I always just say like, you have to really ask yourself, is this something that you really want to do? And then that will always keep you motivated. And also you have to be prepared or you have to be not afraid to fail because it's going to happen. You're going to make mistakes. You're going to mess up. You're going to be you know, in a place where you look back and say, damn, this is terrible. I listened to my first episode like a few weeks ago, I was like, Jesus Christ. <laughs> it's always Jesus tough. Christ. Is this even me? Who is this imposter saying <laughs> that he is Denzel? Because this is not me. <laughs> so it's always good to have an understanding of why you're doing something and also to have the understanding like, yo, you're not perfect. 
You know, like if I'm trying to do a podcast like Mark Marin or like, you know, he who shall remain nameless at Spotify, <laughs> then, you know, I'm not doing a show that is authentic to myself. Right. So, you know, I always just try to tell people like one, you got to, you know, understand why you're doing this, who you are in this space. And two, you can't you can't be afraid to fail, man. You're going to fall. It's like if you ride a bike, you, you won't ever get down the block if you're always worried about that you're going to fall off the bike. You're going to fall, especially if it's your first time riding the bike. So you just got to be prepared for that. So for you now, because you've had a lot of years in the game, what would you say is some great advice for young people out there who want to start their own things? Well, a lot of I, I uh, so strongly agree with so much of what you just said, right? Um, especially when it comes to podcasting in particular, if you go onto Spotify, well, I mean, just take a look at 2020. You can go into the Spotify Discover or whatever, and you can find literally thousands if not millions of podcasts that have two episodes and that was it like they even made like they even made nice graphics and it's just like oh everyone's doing it and anchor this anchor fm or whatever it is has made it so easy to just it's because of because of the association with spotify to just boom you done you know and and the the quality the ease ease of getting reasonably good quality mics for low price it's super easy uh to do this and, um, and, but in the words of Jeff Goldblum's Dr. Ian Malcolm, you know, you're so worried about whether you could do something, you know, you forgot to think about whether you should, um, you know, shout out Jurassic Park, but, <laughs> um, you know, uh, it, it goes back to that, what I said about the promise I made to myself when I decided to relaunch the podcast is I had to do it because I loved doing it. And because, you know, and I, part of, I, and again, I had friends encouraging me to help me realize that because I don't think I would have gotten there on my own. There's the, the cynical, the cynical nature to some of this stuff where um, people do it because they, like you said, because you think that they think they should, or because their friends do it because that, da, 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 da. and it's like, you know, part of it is being honest with yourself in some ways. It's like, yeah, you and your friends have your fun in jokes, but that doesn't like, once you get past those two episodes where you talked about um, how much you loved love and basketball or whatever, um, which you know, I could do an episode on that. That's a great movie, but, great movie. <laughs> but, uh, uh, it's not in 2000, but right. Yeah. Anyway, anyway. Um, but just because like you can do that for like one or two episodes doesn't mean like there's anything else there. And that's not to say that you, sh if you want to, you shouldn't, um, because like, why not? Again, it's free. Like anchor FM makes it so easy or whatever. Even now, uh like you said it took you a day i had my podcast up on all five platforms in in a half hour when i relaunched so like if you want to do it you should try it um but like if you don't really love it then maybe maybe switch to something else um don't do it because you know um you think you have to or or because you know oh you think it's going to be a good way to to like get clout podcasting is not how you get clout 
<laughs> anti-clout thing ever to do a podcast. It's 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 so much just like sitting in a room <laughs> listening to your own friggin' voice. Yeah. Uh, and um, you know, but like uh, that's that's specific that's podcasting specifically. It, you know, it doesn't have to be that, you know. Um there are there's so many different things like because podcasting might probably isn't your thing it takes a very specific type of neurotic person to do that and um so why not do something else even if that something else is like making buttons or earrings or you know make sure you love it and don't never never do what you're doing because you think it's going to make you money I mean, obviously money is, is, is really important to live in our modern cap late capitalist society, but, but like the, the love has to be there or else it's just kind of like a weird exercise in cynical corporate, whatever, um, you know, and I, I, that, that makes it sound like, Oh, that makes it sound like this whole, you know, you got You got to follow your star and blah, blah, blah. But like, People can tell when you love what you're doing, right? And they'll be more willing to give, they'll be more willing to give you money because they can see you, how much you love something seeping into what it is you're doing. Um, you know, if I like again back to specifically talk about me. If I didn't love talking to people about their stuff, I couldn't go through all the the stuff that I don't like about podcasting, right? Um, but that's really what it has to come down to is even even like some of these um, like there's like so there's over the last five six years six seven years there's been so many young and it's really exciting to see these young Bronx on you know Bronx entrepreneurs. Um, here in Mott Haven in this like section south of 138th street up in Hunts Point and all, you know, all over the place, these really young, these young Bronx entrepreneurs that are doing really, really cool stuff. And it makes, you know, makes it really cool to see it's people from the neighborhood that are making the neighborhood nice. How long that lasts, we'll see. But all, all, all of these, these guys, all of these men and women and, and others and, and everyone, they started these things because they loved the Bronx loved what they're doing, loved coffee, loved clothing, loved, loved providing, a, you know, a free library for their community. There's, that's why, you know, um, want, wanted to make some cool stuff that repped the Bronx that wasn't made by whoever, you know, wasn't designed by uh, a guy in a, in a, in a high rise in the financial district or whatever. I, I'm not really sure how that works, but <laughs> obviously, but like people who really love the Bronx and, you know, or, or my case, your case, in my case, love, love podcasting or this or that, or the other thing it's, it starts from that place of loving it for a reason other than it can make you money. That's where it has to start. The money can come later as long as you start from that place. That's, and that's great. I agree 100% because even I've seen like people who, because they have so much free time on their hands, they think that they, okay, well, you know, I can cook a little bit, so let me be a caterer now. Like, but if that's not you, yeah, you have the skill and you're able to make meals that are edible and some would say good, but that doesn't mean that you believe or really want to be a massive caterer or be a chef, 
right? Great. Just because you have maybe a talent at it and you have a lot of free time now and you see people on the gram, you know, pushing their meals, you know, look at me cook. Oh, maybe I should be doing this now. Like, no, that's the completely wrong approach. If you love cooking and you would cook, if you only had a hot plate in the house, yeah, maybe that should be you. But if you're cooking just because you can cook and you got, you think that you should be broadcasting your, your meals, that's not the right way to do it. Like you're never going to have success doing something you think you should be doing because you think you should be doing it, not because you want to do it. Right. Of course. And because all of these things, like you can have an idea, everyone, anyone can have an idea, but it's work. It's hard work. And I'm not, I'm not, a, I'm not a, a, I'm not a proponent of the rise and grind, the whole rise and grind thing. I, I think we it's all super, got the same 24 hours. Oh, I, I think it's super cringy, but, um, <laughs> but one reality of it is no matter what your idea is, it's going to be a lot of work and you are going to, you're going to hit a point where you're past the, I'm so excited to be doing this new thing phase. And that's where, that's why I said you have to love it because that's where you run into this situation, run into a situation where, Oh, my, my boost from starting a new thing is, is gone. Now all there is left is working because it's no matter what it is, it's going to be work. And if you can put now, if you can come out of the other end of that and still be like, I love doing this, then you might have something right. Um, That's, but that's what, you know, you once that, and that's why there's so many, so many podcasts that die after two to three episodes. Yeah. Uh, They used to call it pod fading. I don't know if there's a new term for it now, but um, you know, um, (laughs) I, I I call it failed dreams. That's what I call it. <laughs> or, I don't know what the term is. Yeah, but I just I don't know. Like I, I remember reading that term in like some freaking New York Times because I feel like the New York Times does like a podcast, like a, a big podcast article every like three or four years. Um, so I, that was the term from like 2016 or something. Pod fading, mm. but podcast aside, like you got the you have the love and. It, Start with the love and then do the work. Straight up. Straight up. <laughs> Big facts. <laughs> Big facts. Um, my last of my serious questions <laughs> for you today is how can we leave a path for the future generation of creators or people? I always try to just be like someone ta- told me a long time ago, you can't take the game with you. you when you go, <laughs> you can't take the game with you. Right. So if you go and you didn't tell nobody all the tricks of the trade, then you failed as, you know, whatever. So doing a podcast, even for a short time that I've been doing it, you learn so much in this short amount of time about mics and equipment and editing and all this stuff that you learn. So my biggest thing is if anybody ever reaches out to me, I want to give the game away. Like, I feel like that's the best way for me to help anybody out there. Hey, what kind of mic do you have? I have so-and-so mic. Hey, I want to start a podcast. How do you do it? Oh, okay. Well, you need this, that, and the third. Like, I always just want to be as open and as easily accessible as possible because I know that's really going to help a lot of people. Especially when I started, I was going. I was a straight A student at YouTube University. Like, I didn't have <laughs> anyone to like pick their brain. Yeah. So, because I understand that, and I went through that, I always just want to be able to give it away. Like, yo. You, this is how you get on iTunes. This is how you get on Spotify. You're going to need your RSS feed. You're going to need maybe get a little cover, a little logo. You know, you have to have a nice, quiet area, get a computer, you know, always just trying to give that out because 
I see it as so important and valuable. So for you, especially with all the years you have in the game, how can you how can we leave a path for the future generation of creators? Don't be the guy. Don't be the old fucking ball player who ha- who's been retired. Charles <laughs> Barkley does it, too, sometimes not as much as he used to, but he still does it. Don't be that guy. Don't be the guy who's sitting there being like, don't don't be a gatekeeper. Mm-hmm. Um, don't be the guy who's sitting there being like, oh, it was better back in my day. My day it, yeah, it so might have been. I don't know. Uh, is there space for everyone? I don't know. I mean, technically, yes. Like there is, there is bandwidth for everyone on the internet. Apparently, mm-hmm. it's you know, I don't know if that's a good thing for the the uh, future of mankind, but um, there is. Um, it's just. Being it's it kind of goes back to what like part of what motivates me as as to to, to continue and also um, as I run around the music community is just support people in what they do whether they you know whether they're someone starting out for the first time maybe maybe then maybe they're not gonna make it I don't know if I'm gonna make it right. I don't know if you're going to make it. Like, I don't know who's going to make it. Right. Um, but making it as providing the, providing the hand up to help as much as possible, um, being there for them, even when they don't ask you to, um, being, being there for people when they don't ask you to supporting, you know, maybe, maybe, maybe just, just, shout them out on your, you know, just something as small as shouting someone out on your Instagram stories when they didn't expect you to, when you you like to show, Hey, I have been, I have been paying attention to what you're doing. That's a huge part of, that's just, that's a huge part of my podcast stuff and music stuff is I just, I mean, it's, I don't know if it's as healthy to live on Instagram as much as I do, but, um, but I use it to keep up with people and, and not to, not to be jealous of them, but to see, what they're doing. So when I see them, if I see them in person, um, I can ask them about it or just show up to it. They're show up to a show. It's like, Hey, I'm here. You sound great. Um, one thing I've started doing so much more often is instead of just like double tapping on an Instagram photo, just like actually message when, when you see something, Instagram makes it really easy. I'm, I'm talking specifically about Instagram because that's what I use so much, but mm-hmm. it's, it's, it's not just Instagram. It's, it's anything. Um, instead of just using the little instant reaction button on an Instagram story, just say you sound great, or I'm really looking forward to seeing you at play this show or, Oh man, I, um, what, whatever it is, just say something, say, give an affirmation give an affirmation to someone. I was, I was killing time at, this is not a music or podcast related. This is just life stuff. And not, this is not, I'm not trying to sit to make myself sound like a good person, but I, you know, or anything that's not what this is about. I was at just, I was at a restaurant killing some time before I was going, some going to a concert, you know, eating dinner, whatever, and ordering drink, you know, Drank a, drank a couple of Negronis. Love a good Negroni. Um, they're bitter. They taste great. Um, but I, I had already paid my check. I was just coming back from the bathroom, getting ready to leave. And I just, it wasn't super busy. So I just like stopped at the bar and I was like, hey, are you the bartender? He's like, yeah. Because I, I was not eating at the bar, right? 
I just stopped the stopped the bar. I was like, "Are you the bartender?" He's like, "Yeah." He's like, "Hey, man, those Negronis were really, really good," and that was it. You know, adapt them up, um, and that was it. I just left, and that was that was the end of my my meal. And that was the end of my interaction with this guy that I'm probably never going to see again. But I don't know. He's I wasn't trying. I I really did enjoy his drinks, and you know, he seemed really grateful that someone said something. Um, so in in like so when it comes to the people I actually do know and will see again, you know everyone's doing so much trying to put together so much stuff, and just whether it's podcasting or anything that some that someone you know even a little bit is doing, just just tell them just let them know that you are paying attention to what they're doing and that you appreciate it that you appreciate the work that they're putting in because you know this just as well as I do. It is so hard to put in this work when sometimes you just, there's no response. And yeah, maybe they're, they're probably, I mean, like I know, you know, I can look at my stat, my podcast stats. And I know, so I know people are downloading the show and listening to it, mm-hmm. but sometimes some weeks just, I don't hear anything. Right. I don't hear anything back about someone who, from someone who actually listened to the show. Right. So, you know, so when I see people doing working on some working on a project or something, I just want to let them know, you know, and not in a mentor sense, which is, I guess, is kind of the question you're asking, but just in any sense whatsoever, people coming behind, you know, the, the future generation, let them know that you're paying attention, that you give a shit because it's fun. It's, it feels good to give a shit. Straight up. Straight up. it does it feels good to care about things it does it it really does or yeah. to let people know or when people know that you care about them in a way yeah. like i told you like when the first few people were telling me i was doing a great job i was over the moon like over the moon yeah and i wasn't seeing big dollar signs it was just like someone oh. took time listened to my show thought it was good enough to let me know that they really enjoyed it. And that went a long way for my confidence, for my, you know, ability yeah. to just like this hour, this edit's going to be six hours, but there's somebody out there who likes it, you know, and that's important. And yeah, it's, it is really important to do that for people because this, yeah. this shit is hard. This <laughs> shit is, there's no other way to look at it. This and shit what, is hard. Yeah. So because we know how hard it is, why not tell someone else that you appreciate what they're doing when you know how hard it is? Yes. <laughs> yes. 100%. So moving right along, you guys can follow me and hit me up on Instagram and Twitter at Rogers Neighborhood. Instagram is R-O-D-G-E-R-S-N-E-I-G-H-B-O-R-H-O-O-D. Twitter is the exact same, except there are no vowels in neighborhood on Twitter. And one thing I do every show, Dan, is I answer questions from the listeners of the show. It's a great way to keep them involved. It's a great way to keep them engaged. It's a great way to break up the sort of monotony of just you and I talking for however long we talk. So what I would like to do with you is have you answer some of the questions from the listeners that I've received and what they want to know about Dan and the Divergent Pass podcast. So the first question that I have for you from the listeners is what horror story do you have from a job that you previously had? Now we kind of already know because we heard about the airport. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but but what horror stories yeah. do you have? So 
this is also from last year, but so, like I said, I worked for Equinox corporate headquarters. Um, uh, I, I didn't mind the job. I ran the shipping department. It was okay. It was a fine, it was okay job. I had a good manager. Uh, he was about the same age as me also from the Bronx. Shout out Jeffrey Gonzalez. Love you. Uh, he's good, good, good man. Good guy to work for and was instrumental and like gave me a good recommendation for the job I currently have. So, um, great dude, but, but it all changed when Equinox moved to Hudson Yards, um, which I do not like that, that area. Uh, I think it's an eyesore, <laughs> but you know, the company that built Hudson Yards is the, um, parent company of Equinox. So moved it over there. Right. Anyway. So a lot of stuff changed. I had a different manager and who I did not get along with well. But when the pandemic started, uh, everything I got for, I, I put in all sorts of effort so I could essentially do my job from my house. I moved all the equipment down here or up here rather. I was good to go. I could have kept working without a stop, but they didn't care. They just furloughed me no matter what. So that's fine. You know, whatever. It's, it is what it is. So I had to take everything back down to the office. Again, no big deal. They didn't ask me to set up a home office for them. I did that. I was hoping that would show initiative. They didn't care. Um, typical corporate kind of right, stuff. Typical, right. You know, right. It is what it is. Yeah. Uh, you know, anyway, I could I could talk a lot about how much that place sucks, but yeah. I'm not going to. This I is could too. Specific, I could talk about how much my old place sucked too. This is this is going to be a specific story about how much they suck. So I had to take everything down there. And there was someone who was kind of filling in, someone who they didn't furlough, who was kind of there wasn't just there just was way less work, obviously. You know, once everything shut down, this was May, the end of May 20, no, the end of April, beginning of May 2020. So everything was still real, especially here in New York, everything was still real tight. Everyone was real tight. Um, there was still like the freaking, you know, the just lots of death. It was bad. Mm-hmm. It was really bad um, in that, that, that period. But they told me to bring, you know, come back down and basically tell someone else how to do my job, you know, in a, in a very... You know, I I got it. It was not a big deal. They weren't laying me off. They were, I was still just furloughed. I was getting, I was, you know, had the stability, was pulling unemployment insurance, whatever. So I did. But when everything shut down, I didn't have a chance to take out, get, to kind of clear out some of the personal stuff that I had left at the office. So I took that opportunity to do that. And after I trained this woman in what I was doing, you know, in how to kind of handle some of my responsibilities um, as a stopgap. So I took all my stuff and, you know, there was some things that I collected when you work in shipping, you kind of end up with stuff, you know, you get stuff from people who no longer work at the company. So, you know, oh, like corporate, you know, companies send people, companies want to be in business with Equinox. So they'll send stuff to be like, Hey, try this out. You like it. And it'll be like for someone who doesn't even work there anymore. So you kind of like, you kind of like you have stuff. Um, and I, you know, I had some things that had been given to me by different people in the office, that I had just kind of never taken home. Like some, there's a lot always alcohol is just kind of around. Um, so I just, I put stuff in my duffel bag and I went home. Great. So that's, that's beginning of May. That's like the first week of May in. And so the, that was like stuff, like some food items, some like books, um, so, some, some like 
some beer that I'd been given to me at like the Christmas party. So <laughs> this has like been there for a while and a case I'm, I'm not, I'm not a white claw purchaser, but I had been given a case of white claw by uh, some, by the, the guy who was in charge of kind of the food that someone had sent Equinox a case. They had, they had misread an order or something and they had accidentally sent us a case of white, case of white claw. And he was like, Hey Dan, do you want this? And I was like, sure. Why not? It's free. Took it all home. So flash forward to the end of June, I get a call from my supervisor and I was like, oh, great, cool. This is like a, it's almost time to come back phone mm-hmm. call. She, she texted me in advance. It's like, can you be available to talk at this time? I was like, great. Yes. So she calls me and is like, I have uh, so-and-so from the West Coast HR department on the line with me. And of course they, they had the West coast HR. Cause I knew all the HR people, the East coast HR people. Cause we all worked in the same office. I gave, I brought them their stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, and she's like, so it's been reported that you stole some alcohol from the office. Gee. <laughs> and again, remember this was a case this was a $25, you know, she, they, she basically had me itemize all the stuff that I took. Now again, this was two, this was almost two months previous at this point. So I barely, like, I, I remembered taking the alcohol, but like uh, all the other stuff, I was, it was just like personal stuff, like toothpaste and toothbrush and, and like peanut butter and instant oatmeal stuff that I would have in the office for like breakfast. Mm-hmm. Um, and then this, this alcohol. And I was like, you know, she was like, well, but well, what about the beer? So what happened was the person that I had, they had brought me down without paying. Like I had come down without getting paid in the middle of what was still a really, really bad part of the pandemic in New York city to train this woman who then reported me to HR for clearing out my desk. <laughs> now, the funny thing is, is if they had asked about other things that I had taken from the office at different points, they would have had me. But the, in this specific case, with this specific, literally specific case of White Claw, it had been given to me by a person. And they went through that. Like, she actually sent an official email to me after, like, I told them what happened and they did not immediately lay me, like, because they, you know, I think the point was she was looking for a reason to get rid of me. Right. But, like they couldn't because like at that point, because it was just like, you're going to fire me over a case of white claw that was given to me by someone who works for you. And there was like an official email after the fact they didn't lay me off. They, she called me back. She was like, Oh yeah. And she let me sit in that for a weekend over a weekend. And then, um, and then she called to be like, okay, yeah, well, you know, don't do that. And it's just like, shh sure whatever there was an official email that went out basically being like if this if this happens again make sure you check it with your supervisor and i'm like in what case is someone just going to hand me a case of white claw at an office that i no longer work at again you know so <laughs> um, it, people out there creative people entrepreneurial people quit your job <laughs> That's the moral of the story. Quit your jobs, okay? Because they will find any reason, even just to annoy you. Like you find like sometimes they don't even want anything other than just to take a little bit of your good energy away. Like I was realizing that towards the end of when I was working. It was like, (laughs) you guys don't even like necessarily want to fire me or anything. You just want to get on my nerves. Yeah. You know, like 
So quit your jobs, kids. It's Uncle Denzel's it's, telling you that. It's always it's the banal. It's always what's the phrase? The banality of evil. It's just like it. The 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 the, the shittiness is just so mundane. It's not even yeah. act. It's not even aggressively or actively <laughs> dickish. It's just kind of like, eh, yeah. yeah. Death it's, by a thousand cuts or so by a thousand weird. emails. It's so weird. I never understand. Ugh. Never understand that place. Just there's a whole thing. Yeah. Corporate <laughs> sucks. Like at cor- you, and it was funny is like when you think about it as as a young person, you think, oh, want that office job, that corner office, and then you get there in some way or another, and you're just like, this is all a lie. Like I've been lied to my entire life because this shit sucks. This yeah, they don't, shit they don't, sucks. And they don't tell you what you have to do to get that office. Right. Right. And then, or how hard it is to get that office. Like, quit your jobs, because that's the moral <laughs> of the story. Quit your jobs. Don't go through it, man. If you're creative out there, you got the internet, quit your jobs, man. You'll be so much better for it. <laughs> <laughs> My next question for you from the listeners is, what is something that you like to do the old-fashioned way? Uh, this is going to sound so silly. Um, I really like corded phones. Wow. Okay. Like there's something so satisfying about the way it fits in your hand. Right. Like I've got, you know, you got your iPhone, blah, blah, blah. And it's just like your, uh, da, 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 da. Um, I just like the tactile nature. Uh, this is like, like, this is so granular and mundane, but like just the tactile nature of like having a phone that sits on a hook or sits on a receiver. You pick it up. It's corded. You can pick up the receiver. If you, you know, pick up the receiver and whether it's like a dial, you know, uh, like the, the actual dial or whether it's the buttons, I, obviously I prefer the dial, but like there's something about like the tactile nature. So I mean, it's not just phones. I like one of, you know, it's one of my favorite things to do is watch people like do something that they're good at with their hands, like woodworking or something like that. Just like the tactile nature of some of like some old type things, like it's like, like a telephone or an old school microphone um, or just like that kind of stuff. It's just, <laughs> I just like, I just want a real telephone. I, I just want, I just want a real telephone. I don't want, I don't want some computerized thing with a bunch of flashing lights. I just want a, a thing like I just want to be able to hold it, hold something up against my ear that looks like a telephone. I don't know. That's so. I think it's like I said. That's so weird and specific, but it's just it just feels nice. It feels nice to have the actual, you know, the actual object as opposed to what is essentially a computer that you can right. occasionally call someone on. <laughs> okay. Well, I, I well, look. I understand that because one of the things I like to do all the time is write. Mm-hmm. I'm a pen and pad kind of guy. So, you know, the phone has made it easier, of course. You type everything, you have a thought, you write it down. You, you know, obviously you're texting, you're emailing, you could do it all from your phone or from your computer. But like, I am a guy who needs the pen and pad. So, although, you know, the telephone thing, I've never heard that before. <laughs> I've never heard that before. The telephone thing is obviously specific to you. I'm with you because there are certain things that you just want that old school feeling again, like you used to do before the technology took over the world. Pen and paper doesn't run out of battery either. Straight up. Also, you know, you see, I, I don't know if you noticed that they have the, um, I don't know what it's called. You can um, scan your phone to get on the train. Yeah. I don't know the what om- that's Omni, called. Omni. 
Never. No, I hate I'm it. I'm a Metro <laughs> card kind of guy. I want that. I was I was actually I just talking that. to someone about that the other day because she always uses the the Omni thing, and I'm just like, I like the physical object. Yeah, I, mean, I'm, I, I feel like people probably felt the same way in in '90s in the '90 whatever it was when they introduced the Metro card and started to phase out the tokens. I'm sure I was kind of young for that, but I'm sure people kind of felt the same way about the tokens versus the Metro card, but. It's it's been MetroCard only since 2003. So like, what am I, you know, what, what are you going to do? But yeah, the physical item, it's like, I like having it in my wallet. And, um, you know, they might have gone a little far with the whole Supreme thing a few years ago. But oh, gosh, that was so ridiculous. But but having the card in my in my little in my wallet is just it's nice. It, yeah, it's, because it's a New York. It's a New York thing. Scanning your phone is not a New York thing. Scanning your phone is a thing that I do at Walgreens now because I'm too lazy to take out my wallet. <laughs> You know, like, oh, yeah, well, let me just scan my phone at the Dwayne Reed checkout because I don't have to reach into my pocket now because my phone's already in my hand. <laughs> yeah. So I there's a there's a whole bunch of things like that you quickly realize are like changing because, you know, the world is changing so fast. And it's like, damn, I'm becoming a dinosaur real quick because I don't like all this new shit. Like, I want to still swipe my Metro card. Like, I want that feeling. Or even just being someone who prefers Vine to TikTok that makes you sound like an old, <laughs> an old, an internet old man. It's just like, I love Vines. I don't, I'm not really, even though old people are on TikTok, I don't really dig it because the six, the six seconds made you like, yeah, like made you figure shit out. Yeah. Vine was great. <laughs> Vine was, Vine was great. Six second videos. Man. But shit changes so fast. That's like the point. Like, yeah. Remember that was the new hot thing. Then we had the what was it, Mad Lips, where you could do the voiceovers, and then you know it's just changed and changed and changed and changed. Instagram stories only Snapchat had stories, and Instagram got stories, and now Twitter had stories, and they got rid of the stories. <laughs> and it's like, damn, I'm like so, so well, and and when it comes down to it, it's social media. So it's just a freaking hamster wheel of just putting different stickers on the same thing. Right. It's same. all MySpace. Yeah. Shout out to Tom from MySpace. <laughs> He's everyone's me, friend. Fun fact. Fun fact. <laughs> me and Tom from MySpace have the same birthday. There you go. That's my he's, guy. He was my your, first friend. He's your real friend. <laughs> he let you know from the beginning. Listen, you're going to meet a lot of people on here, but don't forget who was here first. <laughs> me. Tom. Yep, that's right. That's right. <laughs> and my last question for you from the listeners is what fad or trend do you hope makes a comeback? So this is the one that I was actually thinking about earlier today and like over the past couple of days. And it, I don't know that it necessarily fits the question super well, but I'm going to, we're going to go with it anyway. I miss movies where people, where there's just two people talking to each other. And oh, what I, okay. What I, what I mean by that is like, I'm not I, I'm not some like I'm not going to go on some rant about Marvel movies or whatever, but like because that's fine. And although I have post Avengers Endgame, I'm kind of just like, I don't really like I have not I have found it hard to stay in, in, engaged. But like I just this is like this is like and this is going to make me sound older than my 31 years. But I love movies where people and this doesn't have to be the whole thing, but where there's big chunks where it's just two people in a room or sitting across the table talking. Um, you think of like, there's a lot of great scenes like that in the wire 
or you know or stuff like that a lot of that some of that has migrated to television now but i miss like going to a movie theater to see something where on a big screen where now you might say oh well you you could just see that why why go to a theater and when you could just see that when you could just stream it and you'll get the same experience it's like no i miss like i want to go and sit in a dark room and watch two people sit across the table from each other and where I can hear a pin drop in the theater because the dialogue is that riveting. I think about the beginning of Inglorious Bastards, mm. where um, Christoph Waltz is talking to this French farmer, um, and it's silent. It's like a 15-minute scene, and it's so intense. Um, or just like um, you know, older films. I'm a, I'm a kind of, I'm, I've been nerding out with the Criterion Collection over the last month or two, watching films from the 50s and 60s 40s and 50s where you just have you'll have like a great classic movie star in a room with another great classic movie star and they're just talking and that's the movie they're talking they're quipping they're you know and part of that is the writing part of that is the charisma of the on star on screen stars but like the movie's just a lot of these some of these movies it's just two people uh, people talking to each other um I will say a modern version of like a really, really great modern version of what I'm talking about is, um, is Atlanta on FX because they have, you know, they have a freaking gold mine in Brian Tyree Henry. He is absurd. And of course I've, I've, I've been a fan of Donald Glover for years, but, but like, you know, when you, you have Brian Tyree Henry and Donald Glover and Lakeith Stanfield sitting in a room and they're just talking like that's, that's what I'm talking about. And, you know, and um, Hiro Murai is an incredible filmmaker. So it, it like, it's on top of like, that's just on top of that. And these guys are great writers. And you just like, um, some of these, some of these episodes of Atlanta, and I am so excited, by the way, so excited for season three coming next year. Is it next um, year? I think so. Yeah. Fingers crossed. Well, I mean, they've been, they've been filming some of it. Uh, you know, you know, you know, but you know who loves a hiatus more than Andre 3000 is Donald Glover. Right. So I was just it's been 20 it's been it's been it's been since 2018 guys come on yeah um but like when you see like those three and then and then uh, Zazie Beats on top of that like that's just those are four absurd actors and they sit in a room and you realize after watching it for 20 minutes this episode was Brian Tyree Henry in a car with like just like in a car with another dude and that's it or like running around with his barber yeah that that was the whole episode or like nothing like some stuff happened but it was just two people sitting vibing off of each other with some great writing of course but like that's the kind of like filmmaking that i miss in movies right because like if i were to see maybe they'll put atlanta on a big screen that'd be awesome i would i would go like because like that's cinema quality filmmaking too so i don't know anyway like i said that doesn't fit your question perfectly but it was something i was thinking about over the last few days knowing i was going to have to answer it it makes sense because it's like I've noticed too, like with new now every movie that comes out used to be a book, right? <laughs> or it's just a expendables type cast where it's like every person who ever breathed air is in this movie, right? Or it's like, you know, one of those types of like it's gotten sort of lazy. There's more money than there's ever been, but the quality of work is less, right? And yeah, people I... were doing more with less back then. So yeah. it's like, I understand what you're saying. Yeah, I mean, it's just things, things, you know, cultural tastes shift. That's just how it goes. That's how it's always been. 
Um, and things have shifted from like that kind of that kind of content has shifted from shifted in the mid two thousands from or ten years ago from film to more to TV, and that's that, that's fine. But like when you go back and you like watch something like Look Who's Coming to Dinner with Sidney Poitier and 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 and, and Catherine Hepburn and Spencer Tracy, and it's just like you see these people like even these older actors who are no longer at their peak physical attractiveness, which is such a huge part of things now, mm-hmm. you know, people who were just like, where you're just like, these people are in their late sixties and this chemistry is hot as hell, you know, that kind of stuff where like, I, I don't know that I've seen that in a long, in a while in, in a, in a more recent movie, but there are, you know, there are great filmmakers who still do it like Tarantino or Steven Soderbergh, but it's 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 getting harder and harder to find outside of like specific people who studios will still trust with a big budget, you know. Right. I agree though, because you see in the background, my favorite movie is Pulp Fiction ever. And it's like so many so parts, much talking. So much parts in the movie where they're just sitting and talking, like mm-hmm. they're walking to kill the dudes in the apartment and they're talking about whether foot or massage. not giving the foot massage <laughs> was appropriate or not. Like, and that's before they're going into somebody's house to kill them. Yeah. And it's like that's great. Like, or they're <laughs> it's not, talking. It's not the same ballpark. It's not even the same fucking sport. <laughs> <laughs> or when you know Mia ODs and they revive her, and now they're just driving the car. And yeah. then when she gets out the car, and she's like, "They're not talking." Even tell me, tell me about the scene in that movie that you or in that TV show that you're going to be in. Mm-hmm. And then she she stops and tells, and it's yeah. like that was awesome. Like. Yes, I, I feel you, though. So I'm glad yeah. you answered that question that way, because I actually understand what you're talking about. I really do. So, Dan, my last question for you today is this is a good this is a good chance for you to inspire the youth. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> what is one thing that you would like to leave the listeners with today as a piece of advice or a life jewel or just something very important that you would like to express uh, to wrap it up and put a little bow on our interview today? Yeah, I'm just gonna reiterate some some like the, some of the stuff I've said already, and it's just take the time to tell people around you that you appreciate them and appreciate what they're doing. It's just you know, uh, if anything, like the p- pandemic has really emphasized how short and how tenuous our hold on life can be. Um, people you would not expect to be passing or passing or that kind of stuff where you just, you don't know. I mean, I remember how terrifying that first six weeks in New York was terrifying. Oh yeah. Um, And coming out of that, I just, and I try to think about this every time I record a show, every time I post something, you know, go to some, go to see someone play, help some, you know, what I think about when someone asks me to help them with something um, to a certain extent, don't do if don't do work for free guys. If someone asks you to, you know, for work type stuff, right. do ask for money. But, but like when it, <laughs> you know, cause you can get taken advantage of, but, yes. um, but when it comes to just supporting people and things, people you love, things that, things that the people you love and care about and the things that they're doing or people that you respect um, even if you don't know them super well support what they're doing support support your friends support people you don't know um, if they're doing something that you dig just if it's some you know 
message message someone out of the blue to come get me on your podcast you know um because you might just have a good time or, right. or whatever or whatever it is just like really take the time to let the people around you know how much you appreciate them and what they're doing that's uh, repeating i've re- i feel like i've repeated this like five or six times but it really has become something that i hold on to very strongly on a daily basis now you know yes sir and i appreciate that because it's very important to people who make a podcast we know how hard it is and we just want to do you guys like us we just want to know do you guys like us (laughs) we need the love yeah we need to know (laughs) come on so yes i i 100 agree and thank you sir for coming on the show i really appreciate you you coming talking to me you are this is a this is a podcast for podcasters you know they say that (laughs) this person's a comedian's comedian yeah, this yeah. was a podcast for <laughs> podcasters. It's very, so, it's a very, very important niche. <laughs> yes, I appreciate it. I appreciate it. Um, yeah. I, I really appreciate you coming on the show and hanging out. I really appreciate all your insight and telling us your story, man. I really appreciate it. So oh, thank you. Thank you so much. There's nothing left for me to do but to roll out the red carpet for you again. <laughs> I would like for you to reiterate your name and all of the places that the people can reach you. All right. I am Dan Dunford. My show is Divergent Paths with Dan Dunford. Oh, man, it's been a long day. I'm like, can't even remember the name. (laughs) Divergent Paths podcast or Divergent Paths with Dan Dunford. Um, It's available on Apple, Apple Podcasts. It's available on Spotify, Stitcher, Amazon, and Google. Um, On Facebook, it's just Divergent Paths with Dan Dunford. Uh, Just search that. It'll show up. Uh, (laughs) Uh, Instagram is Bronx Base Bone, B-R-O-N-X-B-A-S-S-B-O-N-E. I put everything that I create on for every, everything about my podcast will show up on Instagram and then be shared to Facebook. Subsequently, Instagram is kind of where I do most of like my, my, most of the initial work. Um, I do, I also, you know, post stuff about the movies I'm watching and, and, um, the shows I'm going to see, which as much as possible. Um, also, I all my every single interview I do is streamed live on Twitch. That is twitch.tv slash D squared 89. That's the letter D squared spelled out S-Q-U-A-R-E-D and then the number is 89. Um, that's I also stream video game stuff there for funsies. Uh, <laughs> um a few times you know a few times a week uh generally some uh some some older game you know older games that i didn't play growing up because i didn't have video games usually trying to catch up you know catching up on some of my older stuff um i do put out some some video game stuff on youtube as well but that's kind of not the point of this show um let's see what else what am i missing oh and to support support the podcast it's patreon.com slash divergent paths pod if you have questions, comments, or just want to tell me um, how annoying my voice is, you can email me at divergentpathspod at gmail.com or just shoot me a DM on Instagram. Uh, and that's it. That's everything. Um, and also, you know, I'm just going to turn it right back on Denzel here. Make sure if you, I mean, if you're listening to the show, you probably already follow him on all of this stuff. But, uh, you know, he's putting out good stuff too. So make sure. Make sure you don't 
you know, if, if someone is listening to this because they came from my podcast, make sure you drop a follow for Denzel as well. <laughs> yes. I appreciate that. You're like my agent. <laughs> I appreciate that. I appreciate that. And Dan, it is tradition around here on the Bronx Bias podcast that we allow our guest to choose a song that we play at the end of our show. So the honor is yours. What song would you like to play for the good people out there? Well, I got to go with uh, the Bronx legend, may he rest in peace, big pun with uh, Dream Shatterer, which is my favorite track off his one and only full full album. Uh, it's just, I just freaking love that track. <laughs> so I got to go with that. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. You know, we love pun over here. We know you love, we know, we love pun over here. Yeah. <laughs> love them. So, yes, great song choice. And thank you once again for coming on the show. I really appreciate it. And I wish you thank nothing you. but success in all of your endeavors. I'm so glad that you left the airport. You're back with us, <laughs> Podden. And I really appreciate our conversation today. Same, same, same. All right. Round of applause for our guest today, Dan Dunford. Round of applause. And lastly, let us get into our NFL predictions. We're going to go really quick with this because, you know, we're over two hours now. You, me and Dan was rocking. I told you guys it's a podcast for podcasters, literally so. You know, those of you guys who stuck around, I really appreciate you. So we're going to do these predictions really quickly. I must say, Jesus Christ, week number 12 was absolutely terrible. My worst performance in the brief two-year history of me predicting these games. Five wins, ten losses last week for week 12. Absolutely dreadful double-digit losses. I'm embarrassed to even say that I watch the nfl because that was completely dreadful but that was in the past and now we're focusing on week 13 um and we're gonna do much better with week 13 i can tell you that right now um i'm off to a good start i got the thursday night football game correct with dallas cowboys defeating the new orleans saints and now we will go through sunday and into monday's slate of games for week 13 first game Baltimore Ravens and the Pittsburgh Steelers. Oh my gosh, my Steelers got destroyed. Like Stephen A. Smith says, beat down, bum rushed, and ram rotted. That is what happened to my Pittsburgh Steelers. Jesus, 41 to 10, losing. But I think that after a loss like that, playing another division game and playing at home, I think that the Steelers will bounce back. The Ravens did win, but they didn't look great last week. Lamar Jackson didn't look good last week. So I think that there is still room for my Steelers to win these games, send Big Ben out with a bang, and anything will be better than that 16-16 tie that we saw against Detroit and that 41-10 destruction that we saw against the Bengals. So I'm still riding with my team, Pittsburgh Steelers, to win that game. Next game, Arizona Cardinals and the Chicago Bears. I'm not sure if Kyler Murray is going to play, but I still think Arizona is better than Chicago, and I will go with Arizona. Next game, Philadelphia Eagles and the New York Jets. I got the Philadelphia Eagles for that one. Next game after that is the Indianapolis Colts and the Houston Texans. I will take the Indianapolis Colts. Next game after that is the Los Angeles Chargers versus the Cincinnati Bengals. Now, I think because Cincinnati had such a great win against Pittsburgh, 
a sort of that's not a conventional thing usually you think of the Steelers and the Bengals the Steelers always come out on top I think that was a big win for them and I think that they will not have enough when LA comes to town and I think that LA will win so I'm choosing the Chargers to win this game against Cincinnati next game after that is the Tampa Bay Buccaneers and the Atlanta Falcons I will take the Tampa Bay Buccaneers next game after that is the New York Giants and the Miami Dolphins and I will take the Miami Dolphins to win that uh, following game after that is the Minnesota Vikings and the Detroit Lions. Again, I don't know who Detroit has harmed in their past life. I don't know the sins that they have committed in their past life, but nothing could be this bad where they're literally probably going to lose every game this season and have no victories but one tie. Like, I, I don't see Minnesota winning any game coming up. They had their best chances and they, you know, went by the wayside. So I got Minnesota to win. I, I, again, I don't want to see any team go 0-15-1 or 0-16 or whatever, 0-17, um, you know, because I like football. And these guys are busting their asses, getting their heads beaten, and they don't win a game, you know what I'm saying? But I just don't see them beating Minnesota. I really don't see them winning any other games. And uh, it's, it's a difficult season for the Lions, man. Shout out to Detroit, man. You guys are going through it. Pistons, Tigers, Lions, they all suck, so... You know, more power to you and much love and respect. <laughs> I got Minnesota to win that game. Next game after that, Jacksonville Jaguars and the Los Angeles Rams. I got the Rams. I think playing Jacksonville after the losses that the Rams have had um, when after getting Odell Beckham and getting uh, Von Miller, playing Jacksonville is great for them so they can get their confidence back. Next game after that, Washington football team and the Las Vegas Raiders. Now, this one's a little difficult for me because Washington has shown that they can win games. You know, they can play well. They can't come from behind. They can't play. Oh, I have a good wire to wire victory. But L Las Vegas has a better quarterback. And Washington lost Chase Young, their outstanding defensive tackle for the year. But I think two weeks ago. Dang, I don't know. I'm just going to go with the Las Vegas Raiders because of the quarterback. I think Derek Carr is a better quarterback than Taylor Heineke, and that'll be the difference. Next game after that, San Francisco 49ers and the Seattle Seahawks. Jesus Christ, Seattle. Woo. Russell Wilson, I don't even know what to say. You know, I know that he did rush back early from injury. He did do that, you know, but the team needed that. They couldn't have Geno Smith play for more than two weeks, more than three weeks. Um, so he had to do that, but it's clear that he's not all the way back and he doesn't look good. I, I just don't see Seattle doing much, and I don't even know if Russell Wilson will be a Seattle Seahawks quarterback after this season. I think that he's very dissatisfied with the organization. And with all that being said, I, I got I to gotta take San Francisco to win. I think their running game is going to bludgeon Seattle's defense. Seattle's defense is terrible, and I don't think they have enough on offense to get anything done. I got San Francisco to win. Next game after that is the Denver Broncos and the Kansas City Chiefs, and I will take the Chiefs. And the Monday Night Football game is the New England Patriots and the Buffalo Bills, and I think this is going to be probably the best game of the week, but I will take the Buffalo Bills in that one only because they're at home. They're going to play again very soon, um, and I will take New England to win that one. So I think that they're going to trade home and road victories, um, but I do think Buffalo will win this game. And to get a head start on Week 14, the Thursday Night Football game is my Pittsburgh Steelers against the my Minnesota Vikings. And I will take my Steelers to win that game as well. So let us see how I do this week on picks. Five wins and ten losses last week is absolutely disgusting. It's terrible. I feel bad. I feel 
ashamed to even say that I'm an NFL fan to to perform that poorly. <laughs> but that, again, that's what makes the NFL great. It's really hard to predict, um, you know, because they're they're all pros. You know, they're all professionals. So anything could happen on any given Sunday. That's the old adage. But still, I got to do better than five and ten. And I hopefully I will do better for week 13 in the NFL. So let's see how I do on this week's slate of games. And that, guys, will wrap it up. Episode number 83 of the Bronx Bias Podcast is in the books. I'm your host once again. My name is Denzel. I want to say a special thank you to Dan Dunford, the host of the Divergent Paths Podcast, for coming on the show, hanging out, giving us some great information, great story, great conversation. This was truly a podcast for podcasters, my longest episode ever, and I'm actually pretty excited about it. You know, I never had a pod go over two hours, so, you know, it's a lot of talking, but, you know, talking is really what I do. It really excites me, so this runtime is really exciting for me, (laughs) you know, uh, just to have a long podcast like this. Um, But again, I want to say thank you to everyone out there who listened to this whole thing. I want to say thank you to everyone who tunes in, who likes, who subscribes, who shares, and who supports. Thank you to everyone who is active and engaged with me on the social media platforms. Um, Please do not forget, your boy Denzel has official Bronx Bias podcast merchandise available for purchase. You can visit the website bronxbiaspod.myshopify.com. Come check it out. Um, come fuck with me on there. You know, I'm a, again for the millionth time an independent potter from the BXNY. Supporting the merchandise is one of the best ways to help the show keep going the way that it does. I don't have any sponsorships or any deals as of yet, so the mer- supporting the merch is just the best way to help support the show. And uh, you know, I, I really appreciate you guys who go on there and really support the merch. Uh, it's really important. And it's really uh, impactful, and I really truly appreciate every single person who has gone on and purchased some merch from me. And I'm going to fade you guys out today with a great, great, great song, which is Dan Dumford's Choice, and it is called The Dream Shatterer by Big Pun off of the album Capital Punishment. BX is in the building all day. BX in the beginning and BX at the end. BX in the middle. It is all BX on this podcast. So shout out to Big Pun. Thank you, Dan, for suggesting that song. And this has been the Bronx Bias Podcast, episode 83. Have a great week. Have a great weekend out there and be safe. And I'll speak to you guys next week. We are out. Yo, I shatter dreams like Jordan, a sword battle your team. It's watching or be part from Rap like Adam and Eve from the garden. I'm carving my initials on your forehead. So every night before bed, you see the BP shut off the board head. Reverse that, I curse at the first wax. Nigga with the worst rap, cause he ain't worth jack. Hit him with a thousand pounds of pressure per slap. Make his whole body shirt back. Watch the earth crack, hand him his first back. I'm the first Latin rapper to baffle your soul. Master the flow, niggas be swearing I'm blacking and cold like Nat King. I'll be rapping and tongue packing the ones, magnums, cannons, and gatling. It's Big Pun, the one and only son of Tony Montana, you ain't promised Montana in the rotten Montana Come on, Bana, we need more rhymes Feeling marijuana, snake bite, anaconda 
a man of honor with wanna try to match my persona. Sometimes rhyming, I blow my own mind like Nirvana, comma, and go the whole nine like Madonna. Go try to find another rhyme with my kind of drama. When you were waking, your manhood had been taken, faking like you're Satan. When I'm the rhyming abomination, when you were waking, your manhood had been taken, faking like you're Satan. When I'm the rhyming abomination, adrenaline uncut, straight to the gut, medicine, more cure for pain. I caught your brain like polyurethane, simple and plain. I'll explain it in layman terms. If you came to learn how to make fire, I'ma make it burn higher and hotter than lava. This scholar advisor is smart as MacGyver, the predator inside the heart of a liar, involved in the life of crime. Fuck it, I like the shine. Up in the white and lime, touch with the pipe design, flushed out. Hotel pockets about to bust out. If you're not in it for this finish, get the truck out, take a hike. We could even battle to make it right. Your head lace the mic, you finish. Say goodnight, head to head in the street. I leave you dead in your feet, settle and beef. I leave let your rhyme to the Benjamin B. But it won't matter, your dream still gon' shatter. It's a long ladder to climb, and mine is on the stagger. So get out of town before I hit you with the loudest sound you ever heard. Desert bird player, you out of bounds. When you awaken, your manhood will be taken. Faking like you Satan when I'm the rhyming abomination. When you awaken, your manhood will be taken. Faking like you Satan when I'm the rhyming abomination. When you awaken, your manhood will be taken. Faking like you Satan when I'm the rhyming abomination. One addition with your whole steeds is unofficial. I'll come and get you and let the desert ease tongue kiss you with one pistol and two clips. I'll make your crew do flips like acrobatics. I'm charismatic. My cat is magic. It makes rappers disappear. Whisper in your ear, crystal clear. Come here, let me kiss your tears. Everything you fear is here. You ain't gotta search further. The first murder's the worst. Now I thirst further for reverse birth. Every verse hurts. Every curse words already more offending than Eddie Murphy's worse. I thirst for blood like a vampire. Any man claiming his cam's tighter is a goddamn liar. I set him on fire. Retire your chain of thought. Drain a quarter blood out your brain and leave you insane in the dark. The king of New York lays his crown in the boogie down and sprays the town with the Mac hoodie down. I'm no joke. I soak your face with the sweeper. Die in the scrape. I face your death through the speaker. When you awaken, your manhood will be taken. Faking like you're Satan when I'm the robbing abomination. When you awaken, your manhood will be taken. Faking like you're Satan when I'm the robbing abomination. When you awaken, your manhood will be taken. Faking like you're Satan when I'm the robbing abomination. When you awaken, your manhood will be taken. Faking like you're Satan when I'm the robbing abomination.